World's Finest Podcast, episode 95. As always, I'm Michael Sims, and with me is James Doe. Sir, how you doing? Doing fine. I'm, I'm guessing I'm doing a little better than you, though. Yeah, I need. I am congested. Uh, I've got asthma acting up uh, because, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I'm moving. By the time you guys hear this episode, I will have moved already. But uh, so because I've been packing up and doing this, that, and the other, there's just dust everywhere, and uh, so. And my, my asthma's been acting up. I haven't had asthma since I was a kid, since I was a teenager, you know? I just called myself a kid when I was referring to myself as a teenager. <laughs> oh, now I'm also old. Oh, but <laughs> I guess, speaking of age, I guess by the time I start reading emails, I'll be 28. Yes, yes, and I was gonna, I was gonna save that for, you know, two and a half minutes. <laughs> um, uh, I was, I was going to wish you a happy birthday on the air, but I will do it uh, now, you know, two, two minutes early. But yes, yes, uh, we're recording this uh, Thursday night a lot earlier than we normally do. It should be said, the reason we're doing that again is because I'm moving this weekend, and James and I, we just needed to bang this out. See? See, people? That's the commitment we have to you. I'm moving in 12 hours, and I'm still recording this episode so you people can hear it. So, did you you hear the sound of that? Wait, wait, here, listen, listen. That's my hand patting my back. (laughs) 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 <laughs> anyways, anyways, enough about that. No, seriously, sir. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Thank you. Let's see. Yeah, we, we still got a minute and some seconds to go. But, uh, yeah, definitely by the time this airs, uh, you will officially be, uh, what'd you say, 28, right? Yeah. Yeah, ooh, getting closer to that e- E2 old man's club. Uh-huh. Get a little closer to it. <laughs> My girlfriend is already, she's been calling me an old man, for, <laughs> even though she's only two months younger than me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, of course, you know, uh, recording this uh, on the thirtieth of December. Um, so technically, there's still one more day for people to donate the ten dollars to Earth2.net and receive my DVD commentary of Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. But by the time this airs, um, that uh, donation drive will be just done and over with. Um, so. In this episode, I'm not going to announce who uh, the biggest uh, donator was, and you know, so therefore, who will be receiving that prize pack of the uh, uh, uncut version of Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker and uh, Batman Animated, that book, and the other book, uh, what was it called, Mythology: The DC Comics Art of Alex Ross, or something like that. Um, not going to announce it here because who knows. After James and I are recording this, I may open up my email, and there may be like a ten thousand dollar donation. No, that is not going to happen. But <laughs> you know, a donation could come in that that's bigger than the the biggest one we've already received. So I don't want to uh, announce it just yet. But in episode ninety six, um, we will definitely um, say who that was. But uh, before we do that, I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you very much to everybody who has 
donated. When you combine the donations that came in uh, with uh, all the stuff I've been selling on eBay recently, we made it. I, I've got enough money to buy the computer I want and get a hold of the software I want. Um, so again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for uh, coming out and uh, helping us reach that goal. It really means a lot to me. It does. Excellent. Yes. Uh, so anyways, back to your birthday. Now that it's officially midnight in your area, mm-hmm. uh, 11 o'clock still for me. What do you plan? What do you plan for your, for the, for your birthday? And, you know, of course, uh, New Year's Eve. Um, let's see. Uh, my, uh, my girlfriend is taking me to lunch tomorrow. Uh, and really other than that, I don't have a whole lot planned because I don't drink and I have to open the store on Saturday. So <laughs> I guess it's because my manager figured I'd be the only sober person, uh, <laughs> able, able to get up that early and open the store up. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm not going to have a, a very, uh, uh, high activity day tomorrow. Probably just relax because I really need a day off because I'm really tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was packing stuff up earlier today, I honestly thought I was going to pass out uh, just from the lack of sleep I've been getting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I've been so congested, it's hard for me to breathe at night. So I keep waking up. And then uh, just with the running around, all the packing, all the driving, all this and that. Seriously, there was two or three times where I literally almost passed out. I did not have time to take a nap, but I had to take a nap this afternoon. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't, I was I was going to fall and hurt myself, you know. Um, yeah. So I know where you're coming from with just needing to take that day off and just rest. Yeah, so that, that's that's a nice way to spend a birthday, too. You know, especially now that you're getting closer to 30 and you're going to start needing a cane. Eh? Eh? Eh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I still... I still look like I'm 17. <laughs> hey, relish that, man. Relish that. I don't get carded anymore. Now, granted, you just said you don't drink, and I knew that about you, but I don't get carded anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that stopped a while back. The only places I get carded are restaurants or stores that say they just card everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, if I, if I go to, you know, around here, the big one of the big uh, grocery stores is called The Jewel. If I go to The Jewel and I'm buying a bottle of wine, no, they don't ask. Like, even if you go through the self-checkout, you know, you know, they say they got to see ID. The person at the end doesn't even ask, doesn't even come over for the ID. They just, they just kind of glance over they at just, you. They just glance and press the button on their little screen. It's like, oh, wow, okay, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for humoring me, asshole. You know? <laughs> Crimey. Uh, I just said crimey. What the hell was that? Because uh, I'm over 30 and I'm old. I can yeah. say words like that. You get to say what for and criminy yeah, and exactly. cripes. <laughs> oh, Christ. Is there anything else going on? Uh, not really on my end. I don't I don't think, anyway. Oh, how, how are your Falcons doing? I haven't been following. Uh, they lost to the fucking Saints the other day. Oh. God, God damn, I hate the New Orleans Saints. I hate the Saints so much. But it's okay. It was only by three points. It was a really good game. Uh, the officiating was garbage, uh, and I will continue to stand by that. But... That's okay. As long as they win Sunday, they get the number one seed in the playoffs. So. Oh, but they're already in the playoffs, so they've made Oh, yeah, they've already okay. clinched a playoff spot. That's what I was wondering. Oh, shit. I meant to ask you. What did you get for Christmas? Oh, yeah, Christmas pass. Jeez, wow. Um, I got the fifth season of Doctor Who, you know, the modern season, that is. Uh, I have mm-hmm. to exchange it, though, because uh, when I opened up the packaging, uh, you know, it's like five or six discs, so, you know, there's like those little trays in there. Uh-huh. The binding on that was broken. So I so I gotta take that back. I, you know, I'm just gonna exchange it for a new or, newer one. 
got a hundred dollars each from both of my parents, so two hundred total. I mean, that money's all gone already. You know, a mm-hmm. um, hundred of it went to some guys I hired to move my huge couch. I mean, it's a massive couch that I had to get out of here, and the other hundred went to my fiance because I owed her a hundred bucks for Christmas gifts. You know. <laughs> like she, she, she bought gifts for our parents and all this. And then she's like, you kind of owe me half of that. I'm like, I know, I know here, here's one of the checks my folks gave me. We're square. <laughs> um, let's see, you know, I got some jeans, a whole bunch of shirts. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember everything right now. Um, but yeah, oh, I got, uh, the anime back. I got the anime Narima Daikon brothers. I got the first season of that show. Sherlock is a BBC program. It's only like three episodes long. Um, yeah, and there's there's other stuff in that river. What about you? Got some cash, uh, about 150 bucks. That was nice. Uh, got a bunch of gift cards, which are also nice. I'm I'm one of these people who loves gift cards. I don't. I know a lot of people dislike them and right. dislike giving them. I love them uh, because, like, if I get a Best Buy gift card, uh, a huge smile comes across my face. Yeah. Uh, so I got one of those. I got a Pack Sun gift card. Got a uh, a couple of clothing store gift cards. It was that was cool. Um, God, what else? What else? Um, got a shirt. I, I know. There's, I know. I'm forgetting something, but I'll be damned if I can remember it. Yeah. You just want to get to the emails, Dad? Sure. Okay. First one today is from Aaron, who writes, "Dear Mike and James, what I'm writing in regards to is, if I remember correctly, James' question on how Doomsday could exist before the creation of Cadmus, since Cadmus wasn't formed until after Lex Luthor told the authorities the whole story about the Justice Lords." So here's my theory. Sometime after Legacy in Superman the Animated Series, and before Secret Origins, a secret unnamed government program was set up to create a weapon to fight Superman if he ever went rogue again. I'm going to call it Project Doomsday, since if Superman ever truly went rogue, it would be Doomsday, wouldn't it? Using a sample of his DNA, this program created Doomsday, but as Dr. Milo... Man, I feel creepy for just typing that idiot's name. Oh well, at least he's gone. Yay! Ex- uh, explained the Doomsday monster was too powerful and was sent off into space on the rocket... Then when the Justice Lords arrived and the events mentioned above happened, the program was then placed under Cadmus control, probably along with all superpower-related experiments, i.e. the Institute that turned Volcana into a weapon, the Foundation that had the first Royal Flush Gang before Joker arrived. I'm even going to go further and say the Terrific Trio in Batman Beyond was part of this government-sponsored superpower program because to counter the perceived threat of the Justice League, the military needed a counterforce. So this is how I think Doomsday could have existed before Cadmus, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the subject. And I'll also be posting this on the forum just as an added precaution. Take care, guys, and keep up the fantastic work. Thank you. What do you think about that, James? I mean, in theory, that could work, but um, I, I, I think in the context of what we know from the show, it, it, uh, we, we would need something along those lines, a, a little ex, uh, explanation, maybe. Next one is from Layla, who writes... Hello, sirs, Michael David Sims and James DeWitt Doe. Here are some interesting behind-the-scenes trivia for you. In the Cadmus Exposed feature on the JLU Season 2 DVD, Bruce Timm states that after the Doomsday Sanction, Batman would split off from the League and form a team of all-human outsiders of sorts that would stand between the League and Cadmus. This would have led uh, to tensions between Bruce and the League, which would lead Bruce to be only a part-timer, as stated in Batman Beyond. Tim states the idea was scrapped because they knew they couldn't pull it off without making either Batman or the League look like bad guys. Uh, some research on the DCAU wiki reveals the team would consist of Huntress, who was kicked out of the League, Wildcat, who displayed distrust of metahumans in the Cat and Canary, Question, whose paranoia would have made him defect and question authority, a prominent human leaguer who 
would have stayed with the league was Green Arrow, who would stay to bring the heart to the team and bring them down, uh, bring them down to Earth, which Bruce tells him to in initiation. Other scrap pro- uh, plot lines would be Brainiac Luthor putting their mind uh, in either the Annihilator or Mazo. Some plot threads would remain, such as Ollie's kick-ass speech and the Who Guards the Guardians moment in Divided We Fall. And at the end of the day, do you think it hurt the Cadmus storyline to change directions midway through the season, or do you think we didn't need any more of the manipulative Batman? No, I don't, I don't think anything was hurt. No. no. I mean, and we'll get into our thoughts on this in just a few moments, but, uh, yeah, I thought what the four-part, I guess it really is a four-part season finale, yeah. uh, was awesome. Just about every moment of it. Uh, not to show my hand there or anything. <laughs> I mean, we okay, yeah, you know, Batman starts to seemingly distru- starts to distrust Superman and everything that's going on with the League, and then they do sort of drop it, but at the same time, it's not dropped completely. I mean, like, when they're all deciding to turn themselves in and they're trying to convince Batman to do that, he's like, fuck you, you know? So there's still that loner rogue element being displayed and it's probably being displayed so strongly because he is still feeling a level of distrust that he doesn't know what's going on with the league or the world or even his place in it anymore um so yeah it was dropped but i don't think it i don't think anything was ruined because of it. i, I uh, though it sounds interesting what they were thinking of doing i think what we ultimately got was better absolutely Next one is from our good friend Preston Nelson, who writes, King James the Fourth and Sir Mike of Chicagoland. Just popping in with my warped brain full of useless knowledge in response to episode 94. You gents had some questions about Big Barda and how she relates to both the New Gods and Batman Beyond. One, Barda is a New God, and they are long-lived enough that to us they're functionally immortal. But here's the sticky wicket. I'm not sure where I read it, but I'm pretty sure that this isn't an asshole. Barda in Batman Beyond is the daughter of Scott Free and Barda. In Kingdom Come, this character is called Aviva, named after Scott's mum and Highfather's first wife, and wears a costume a little more reflective of her parents, a little Scott, a little Barda. Second, in The Balance, Hermes is voiced to the T, I might add, by Arrested Development's Jason Bateman, while the demon, interrogated by Wonder Woman and Hawkgirl, is voiced by Wayne Knight of Seinfeld fame. And the three demons, including Knight's uh, Abnegazer, are actual DC Comics characters usually used as pawns of Felix Faust. Not all that crucial, but interesting nonetheless. Oh, well, okay. Plus, the quartered, uh, the quartered transformation of Jason Blood and Etrigan is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, third, the CC Binder elementary name is a reference to the CC Beck and uh, uh, to CC Beck and Auto Binder, yeah. two of the dudes who made Captain Marvel who he is. And when Captain Marvel mentioned that he's faced his share of nasty bad guys, am I the only one who thinks of a certain uh, of a certain little worm who, in Dan Tolan's own words, could kick Wonder Woman's ass and <laughs> perform a certain sexual act three times before she hits the ground? <laughs> oh, God bless Mr. Mind. <laughs> Plus, the fight between Soups and Marvel ends in another Kingdom Come reference, which I'm sad that Mike didn't mention. James is excused, as he's far less of a comic buff than Mr. Sims. All the same, the episode deserves a full point just for the fight between Soups and Billy. Yeah, I, I really... Preston's absolutely right. I really should have brought up Kingdom Come and their big fight during that, and just it was very reminiscent of you know what we saw here in uh, the Justice League Unlimited episode was very reminiscent of their fight in Kingdom Come. So, yep, got to throw my hand up in there and say sorry. Yeah, I just forgot to bring that up. Finally, on the subject of double date, as the resident Vic Sage fan, I would be remiss if not to mention that the question Huntress romance was explored in the disappointing Greg Rucka book Huntress: A Cry for Blood. 
Very similar in tone to this ep, but with a slightly more disappointing final choice from Huntress. And, of course, this book was published in 2002, putting it a few years before the episode. Hope my borderline OCD knowledge can add something to your discussions, Preston. Thank you. Thank you very much, Preston. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, next one is from a different Aaron, uh, who writes, So, Mike, I found your perspective on Doomsday rather interesting. Personally, I think that the whole Death of Superman story worked better because Doomsday was a no-name generic monster rather than an established villain. If Lex Luthor had killed Superman, the story would have been about Lex Luthor winning, not Superman sacrificing himself. The whole lead-up to the showdown between Supes and Doomsday was filled with moments that reestablished the idea that Superman truly is the greatest hero in the world, even if not everyone wants to admit it. When Doomsday and Superman finally kill each other, the focus is entirely on Superman, as it should be. Doomsday isn't a stupid character. He's not a character at all. He's just a mindless embodiment of destruction. He wasn't even intelligent until later in the comics and in JL slash JLU. Personally, I really like Doomsday just as the ultimate rampaging monster of death. I mean, you made my point for me. The fact that he isn't a character, that he has no character, again, at least as of the point when he was first created, shows that he, he shouldn't even have been used in, in the Death of Superman story. Um, there was no... No, no. I, <laughs> seriously, just to say again, you just made my point. <laughs> you know, had Luthor been the one to kill him, I don't think the story would have been about, you know, Luthor's triumph. Because think about it. Luthor kills Superman. Somehow it's actually public that he's the one that brought down Superman. Do you think the public is going to go, Yay, Lex Luthor! And put him up on a big pedestal? And, and put a crown on his head? No, they're going to go, You're a douchebag, dude! You killed Superman, and that man is going to be on the run for the rest of his life. Oh, it, well, uh, just in defense of what he's saying there, I think he means that uh, the focus of the story would have been on Lex Luthor's triumph uh, as opposed to the idea of Superman sacrificing himself. But, that, not, but that's not, what I'm saying. You know, Luthor, he in his mind would have triumphed, but as soon as he saw that the people... Because Luthor just wants the people to worship him. You know, he wants to be mm -hmm. like Alexander the Great, you know? Well... The second he saw that not a single person on the face of the planet went, right on, dude, you could, took down the big S, he would have been totally crestfallen. And we would have got... I mean, yeah, they could have kept part of the story on Luthor, but most of it still would have been about Superman's death and how the world was reacting to it. We could still then get the reign of the Superman story that we did get out of it that gave us Steel and Superboy, and who else did we get? The Eradicator, the Cyborg Superman, that is, and... Uh, Conduit, or was that, was that guy's name Conduit? Uh, something like that? I'm forgetting. The Cyborg Superman? Yeah, he's the... Wasn't he the Eradicator? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Eradicator was the different dude, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was it. The Cyborg Superman, uh, Eradicator, Steel, and Superboy. I mean, I don't... I, it, it's Lex Flippin' Luthor. Hey, I just quoted Superman. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why should we trust him? <laughs> it's Lex Flippin' Luthor. <laughs> and if, if I am misinterpreting what's being said in that email, do write back and, and let me know. We can continue this dialogue on the air or uh, just through emails. So, yeah, please feel free to write back in. Okay. On the subject of Judeo-Christian mythology crossing with Greek mythology, the 
entire DC universe is wrapped, quote unquote, in Judeo Christian mythology. And, uh, the Greek mythology exists somewhere in the middle, but the concepts of a Judeo Christian heaven, hell, and God are a huge yet subtle presence in the DCU. In the Once and Future thing, you can see the actual hand of God crafting the universe, and in the comics, both the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger are servants of the Almighty, sometimes serving in similar roles to biblical angels. It's conceivable that demons in the Greek underworld might be aware of the presence of angelic beings. When one considers the Spectre's rather horrifying reputation as God's spirit of vengeance, it makes total sense that the demons in Tartars would freak the ever-loving fuck out when they see another supposed servant of God. Thanks for the show. Live long and prosper. And since I'm writing this on December 5th, belated Merry Christmas. (laughs) I see what you're saying. And yeah, the DC Universe, there's a lot of Judeo-Christian mythology throughout. Um, but like, like I said, my point in that episode really was, it just seems weird to bring that in when they're, when it's all about Greek mythology. Question, isn't it? I believe you took something that belongs to me. Have you seen the latest poll? It's beginning to look like you're going to be our next president. Just like in that other world. I wouldn't bet against me. No, it wouldn't be prudent. I want you to understand something, Luthor. Although my distaste for you as a human being is brobding Nagian, what I'm about to do isn't personal. What are you babbling about? Everything that exists has a specific nature. Each entity exists as something in particular and has characteristics that are part of what it is. A is A. And no matter what reality he calls home, Luthor is Luthor. If I'm to save the world, your existence must come to an end before you take office. You're going to kill me so that Superman can't. I'm a well-known crackpot. The Justice League's reputation will survive my actions. And Superman's legacy will remain intact. Interesting plan. Unfortunately for you, It's not really an option. President, foolish, faceless man, my campaign is a farce. A small part of a much grander scheme. President, do you know how much power I'd have to give up to be president? That's right, conspiracy buff. I spent $75 million on a fake presidential campaign. All just to tick Superman off. Now, about those files you stole from me. First up today is Question Authority. In this one, it opens up with Superman and Captain Adam dueling it out with the new god Mantis in Metropolis for uh, several minutes. Uh, they end up in a subway where uh, Captain Adam and Superman uh, end up sending him back to Apocalypse with his boom tube. and uh, Lois slides down into the subway and uh, starts flirting it up pretty hardcore with Superman. Uh, so... She and Supes fly off for a romantic evening. Uh, meanwhile, Captain Adam is met by General Eiling, who says that his commission has been reinstated and he is now back in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, Superman and Lois uh, fly up to the top of the city bridge, where Lois just starts grilling Supes about how he's been acting lately and basically how the JLU has been, too. 
Uh, in the meantime, uh, Huntress and Question are busy stealing Cadmus files. Uh, Question finishes up his uh, work while Huntress beats the shit out of the guards, and they go out to dinner and a movie afterwards. Uh, at Back at Cadmus, uh, Luthor is getting a physical from Emil Hamilton, who says that Luthor's cancer has completely disappeared. It's not in remission. It's gone without a trace, and he has no explanation for it. Uh, Waller comes in and tells Luthor that Question has stolen every Cadmus file uh, that they had, and Luthor says, for their sakes, the encryption on those files better be as good as they've been told. Well, it's not, because Question cracks it and starts going through the Cadmus files, and he stumbles upon a video of the Justice Lord Superman incinerating Luthor in the White House. He becomes totally panicked. Um, several days later, uh, Question is still in his apartment, and he's, he looks pretty bad, even for him. And uh, Huntress opens the door and asks what the hell he's been doing since he hasn't been returning in a year for calls. And she notes that the apartment stinks to high heaven. And Question just continues to ramble on incoherently. And he simply leaves without even saying a word to her, acknowledging her presence. Um, Huntress then goes over to his computer, and she sees the video, too. So we go up to the watchtower later. Uh, Question confronts Superman and says he needs to talk about soups in his White House weenie roast. And uh, Superman immediately drops what he's doing and uh, takes Question to the secret conference room for the original seven. Uh, Question starts... Uh, laying into Superman about how everything that's happening in their world is mirroring the Justice Lord's dimension. And Superman just gets tenser and tenser as the conversation continues. And Superman just lays it out, look, we would never fight the government. And Question asks, what if Luthor was the government? And uh, Question just he ends up leaving just about as nervous as he was when he left. And Later, we see LexCorp, and Luther walks into his office and sees Question sitting in his chair. And Question says that Luthor is looking more and more likely to be the next president. And Question rambles on a bit, and uh, eventually Luthor deduces that Question is there to kill him so that Superman can't. Question says it's quite simple. He's a well-known crackpot, and the legal will, uh, they're going to survive an act like this because they can just disavow his involvement, really. Um, Luthor says, huh, that's interesting. Unfortunately for you, it's not an option. He backhands Question all the way across the room, and it's pretty obvious that Luthor has super strength now. Uh, uh, Luthor tells him, you silly faceless man, the presidential campaign is a farce. He, he basically spent $75 million on a fake presidential campaign to piss Superman off. Um, so he then takes a uh, question and throws him across the room, slams him through the desk, just beats the shit out of him. And he's like, look, about those files you stole from me. Um, it's at this point there's a commercial break, and then after the commercial break, um, we see a bunch of visions of Luthor becoming president, uh, Flash be about to be shot by Luthor, and all the other events leading up to Luthor's death at Superman's hands, or, or eyes, whichever. And... Uh, we, we then see Question just screaming in agony as Dr. Moon tortures him for the uh, information he stole. And later we see Superman flying through Metropolis when he hears Jimmy Olsen's signal watch, and he flies to a rooftop. And Huntress is there and says that Question's been missing for a week. Superman tries to contact him. Even though the channel's on, he doesn't respond. So they track the communicator to a junkyard, and Superman says... They had to have taken him alive, and they know where Cadmus is because, according to Soups, they've been keeping 
ta- uh, tabs on them for months. Huntress is like, so what? So Superman's like, all right, look, we're going to rescue Question, and we're doing this off the books. Uh, so Huntress and Stuper, uh, Stuper, <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Superman. I think it's a Daffy Duck uh, thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Huntress and Superman storm into Cadmus, and uh, Huntress takes on the guards while Superman sees Hamilton through several walls with his X-ray vision. So he bursts through the door uh, and says that the pieces are starting to fit now. And he asks when Cadmus recruited him, and Hamilton sim- uh, says, uh, quite the contrary, I went to them. Um, his reasoning for joining this group of power brokers and criminals and mercenaries was that they are, s- quite simply, humanity's last hope against the Justice League. And Superman is appalled that Hamilton could think such a thing of him or the League, and he says that he violated Supergirl's trust and his trust, and Hamilton simply asks, the chicken or the egg, Superman? Superman leaves, and Hamilton gasps, uh, gasps having apparently just shit his pants. Um, Huntress and Superman bust into the lab where questions being held, and they break him out. Huntress nearly kills Dr. Moon, but Superman demands that she stand down. Um... As they leave the room, they are blocked by Captain Adam, who is now speaking as an officer of the Air Force, and he demands that they turn Question back over. And that's where it ends. Well, what do you think? Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoa. I, I, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> there's that's, that's what I'm going to say for the next episode, personally. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on in this one. I mean, they're setting up, you know, this and the three episodes after it. They're bringing the entire Cadmus storyline to a head, and they're balancing it really well. You know, it starts out rather unassumingly with, as you said, Superman and Captain Adam fighting some guy we've never even seen before. And then all of a sudden, Lois shows up and is all like, oh, you know, I mean, she, she truly has Superman's ear. Not a lot of people have that. He trusts her. And she's giving him her honest opinion. And he's listening to her, but he still doesn't really want to believe her. And the story just keeps continuing on and on from there, and it just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. Um, and again, it's, it's bringing in these these elements that we've been seeing all along and starting to tie them up. It's just brilliant writing all around here. Um, what are some of your initial thoughts? Oh, yeah. This, this is the perfect opening part to this four-part end, uh, end of the uh, season. Um, this episode in particular is awesome just because of all the cliffhangers. I mean, you got, how does, how the fuck did Luthor do what he did to question? What's going to happen to Captain Adam? What's, what is, what's Superman going to do? I mean, is he going to fight Captain Adam? And really, at, at the heart of this episode, question is just the height of awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, everything he does here, there's a reason for it, and in question logic, you know. Yeah. The um, the, the there's the uh, the Cadmus drive. Yeah, it's one of those things where you pa- you want to pause the DVD player yeah. and see read all the things that are on the the hard drive. Uh, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, most most of them I have no idea what they are, but they had you know multiverse was on the drive. Um, th- this is actually there's something needs to be noted here is. Dr. Moon, the character they used to torture uh, Question, yeah. was actually a replacement for Hugo Strange, who became part of the Bat Embargo, yet yeah. another victim of it. Yeah, yeah. So, that sucks. Because yeah. I actually kind of would have liked to see Hugo Strange back in this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would have been, been cool. But, 
I mean, I don't think the episode or the storyline was really hurt by it. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Because this is it. I mean, you know, Dr. whatever, what would you say, Moon? That's his name? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't pop back up, if I recall, the rest of the Cadmus storyline. Maybe Strange would have, but I doubt it. There was really no place for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it would have been cool, but I really don't think we lost anything. When Cat or Cadmus, when Question and Huntress are first stealing the files, um, Question finishes up, uh, throws the computer monitor at the last guard, which was very cool, I might add. <laughs> so yeah. He's like, all, all done, not quite. Yeah, throws thunk. the monitor again. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's, Huntress says, oh, good. We have a, plenty of time to go out on a date or whatever she says. And then Question's like, there's three terabytes of information here. I'm going to be busy for days. <laughs> and uh, Huntress just takes it out of his hands. And uh, he's like, all right, dinner and a movie? And she says, that's a start. As she turns to the to the camera, she doesn't put that drive in one of her little pouches. She puts it right down her panties. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Something I was really digging about this one was when uh, Superman and the Huntress go into the interrogation room. The question is just being tortured. If you notice, Superman's not walking. He's hovering. Yeah. And it's a nice, subtle little thing to show you how he's becoming more and more like the Justice Lord Superman. Yeah. Um, I don't recall if Justice Lord Superman hovered like that, but it doesn't matter if he did or didn't. What matters is Superman is so pissed off, he's using his powers to intimidate someone. Mm-hmm. And you know, very ho- Batman like too. Exactly, hovering like that—that that is going to scare. And he's only like an inch or two off the ground, but that is going right. to scare the piss out of someone uh, because you're putting off this godlike air about yourself. It's it's just it's just this brilliant little touch that you know they didn't have to put it in, but it adds so much because they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of the the torture. Uh, scenes. The question makes uh, reference to the uh, the theory of the magic bullet with JFK. Yeah. And he's like, what, one of his ramblings is like, the, there was a magic bullet. It, it was forged by Illuminati mystics to re- prevent us from revealing the truth. <laughs> yeah. I, I love just all his rantings. Like, what did he say? Like, the little plastic tips at the end of your shoelaces, they're called aglets, and their true purpose is sinister. Sinister. <laughs> Fluoridated toothpaste does not prevent tooth decay, but it does render you detectable by spy satellite. It's like, wow, that's crazy. And that's that's like Vic Sage at his greatest. That is is awesome. And actually, when he's in Luthor's office, before all the shit goes down, he... uh, uh, he's like, oh, it's looking like you're going to become our next president. Luthor just leans in and is like, I wouldn't bet against me. And okay. question uh, goes George H.W. Bush and says, no, it wouldn't be prudent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there, there's a couple of things I really like about that scene. Um, oh, that scene is probably my favorite in this whole this whole episode. Yeah, the first thing being that the question is not going to shoot Luthor. He's not going to stab him or slit his throat or or you know, drug him or beat him to death, he is going to strangle him with his tie. Mm -hmm. That is so brutal. Granted, we don't see it. He never even gets the tie around Luthor's neck. But he's taking it off, and you know what that means. 
and the mm-hmm. way he's holding it, you just go, whoa, whoa. Um, another thing I love about that scene, Luthor's monologue. Just the whole thing about, yes, I spent $75 million to piss off Superman. <laughs> that it's, a Luth- it's just a Luthor monologue in its, at its essence. Yeah. And then... I mean, I love the way he double bitch slaps the question, too. Just psh, Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. It's a blink and you miss it thing. It, yeah, it's super fast. Um, you know, then when he chucks the question across the room, he hits the shark tank, and I think it actually cracked a little. I could be wrong about that. I thought yeah, I saw it. it no, it did. It did. Yeah, it's... I mean, you just don't see anything in that scene coming. But then when it does, you're just like... That was so cool. <laughs> and and it, it, it raises the stakes, because now you're like, wait, where did Luthor get these powers from, and how powerful is he? Can he only take down a normal human like the question, or can he go toe-to-toe with someone like the Flash, uh, uh, Superman, or even a Wonder Woman-type character? You know, And we find out some of these answers later on in the story. Uh, but they're really laying the seeds here for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have to ask something, because I was a little confused. When the question is going through the hard drive, and he's completely lost his mind at this point, he makes it sound like the Justice Lords isn't an alternate reality, that it's the future. Yeah. So, when... Okay, so the original Justice Lords episode... So I just want to get this clear. That was, like, our Justice League just a few years off. Not a whole new reality or anything. Well, no, in the, in the context of that episode, it was an alternate reality. Okay. I see what you're asking here. I, I, I see why you're confused, because Question does take it to... He takes it to mean that it's the future. Yeah, because he says something about it's a time loop. So I started thinking that... The, okay, if none of this Cadmus stuff happened, okay, the the... The Fla- somehow Luthor would have killed the Flash. The Justice Lords, or the League becomes the Lords. They then come back in time and end up causing Cadmus to be formed, which ends up preventing the Lord's future from coming to pass. Do you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's I, I was really confused, and I'd really like other people to write in and tell us if they think it was an alternate reality or if it was a time travel thing because I still really don't know. I really don't. I mean, I could go either way. I just really need someone to sit down and explain it to me one way or the other, really. My question as relates to that is actually simply, how did they get a video of the murder of alternate reality Luthor? Yeah, yeah. That, that's I, a good question. That, that really confused me. Um, maybe... I don't know. <laughs> I can't even try to justify that. Um, I mean, it's it, it's it's something where I may have to take a point off for it because it's super important to what happens to question. So, yeah, well, and if you don't have an explanation for it, you know. What what happened to Justice Lord Superman? And all the Justice Lords. Were they sent back to their reality, or they were just apprehended? Well, see, that's... Well, they were apprehended after they got that energy... Right. Energy stealer thing blasting them. Um, but after that, we never find out what happens to them. 
whether they're just incarcerated on our Earth or if they were sent back to their Earth. Well, maybe it's just a really good simulation based off the uh, based off the interrogations of the Justice Lords. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but they get the exact dialogue down. If well, you notice, I, if you Superman were, does have a photographic memory. So if they interviewed Justice Lord Superman, he could be like, yeah, this is what I said before I fried this son of a bitch because he killed the Flash. Uh, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. I really, really do. I'm just trying to find a way to justify it. <laughs> Even to the point where I'm like, maybe Justice Lord Batman had a hard drive in his belt that just happened to have the footage because I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, they could have taken it from... Wait, all the Justice Lords were fried by Luthor's gun, right? Yeah, Justice Lord Batman was the only one who stayed behind in the alternate Earth. Oh, okay. Maybe the the alternate Martian Manhunter, he is psychic like our Martian Manhunter. Maybe it's somehow a psychic simulation. I really don't know. I don't. It's a good question. I, I really should take a point off for it, too. Like you're saying, you might. We'll see if I do when it comes score time for this one. Because um, I really don't want to take a point off. I don't either. I I gotta tell you. Yeah. Wow. I I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, moving away from that though, I would really like to say that I enjoyed the Superman Huntress team up. Yeah, that was uh, out of nowhere, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, they have a really fun dynamic. It's very much a Superman Batman dynamic, just with Superman playing almost the Batman role. You know, uh, being a little more hard-edged once he finds Hamilton there, um, Mm -hmm. when he tries to free the question. I mean, the Huntress is still the Huntress, you know, wanting to kill people and just kicking ass. But I I like how they take something we're familiar with and kind of turn it on its head just a little. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and Superman's still Superman, too. He's blocking all the bullets, and uh, then he fries the guns, and he's all like, oh, I just didn't want to have you get hit with a ricochet. Okay, now go kick their asses. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't, because um, I've seen part of this one before. I'd never seen all of this one before. Remember, really? Leading up to Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, I'd always said there were certain episodes I had never seen. Mm-hmm. This was one of the ones I'd only seen parts of, and I didn't see a lot of the Superman Hunter stuff until today when I watched it for this recording. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I really did enjoy that. Um, the one last thing I want to mention is when Superman and Captain Adam go into the subway, it's uh, it's called uh, Plastino. I think that's how it's pronounced. Plastino Street Station. That's, uh-huh. that's Al Plastino. Um, and he did a ton of work on like Superman and Superboy-related comics. Um, so just, just really had to, to, to throw that out there. I mean, this guy, you name it, this guy did it. From drawing comics to you know, coloring them to editing them. This guy was just all over the business, but he really, really made his mark on Superman for a long, long time. Uh, What else do you want to say about this one? The only other note I have is um, when question, again, going back to the question, Luthor scene uh, questions like though my uh, distaste for you as a human being is Bromdingnagdian. That's uh, a Gulliver's travels. uh, Oh, or nod. Since that it it it's basically you know, that's the land of of giants, oh, okay. the, the, the fictional land of giants in Gulliver's Travels, and 
it, it basically just means anything that's ridiculously big. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't get stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? It's Waller. Superman broke into Cadmus. When he left, he took Question and Captain Adam with him. That was fast. Still, opportunity knocks. What? Sorry, I'm working on something here. Go on. The continual security breaches are bad enough. But now the Question's back with the League, and we still don't know what he's learned. What's the worst-case scenario? If they've got enough to tie you to this, they'll head right for your doorstep. Let them come. I've got a full pardon from the president. Not for any new crimes, Lex. If you get arrested, we'll disavow any knowledge of your actions. Well, that would be inconvenient. But I wouldn't worry about the Justice League quite yet. They have problems of their own. Goodbye, Mrs. Waller. I still think we should go down to Cadmus, take them out, and accept any consequences after the... Computer, report. Binary fusion generator initialization sequence in progress. Abort. Unable to comply. System locked. Override. Command authority 004. System administrator John Jones recognized. Unable to comply. All hands prepare for binary fusion discharge. This is not a drill. I have to do it the hard way. Rerouting binary fusion control. Bypassing circuit break. Question authority left off is Flashpoint. Uh, in this one, starts out with uh, Superman, Huntress, and the Question. Uh, basically, their path is blocked by Captain Atom. Um, and he's all like, "Look, you're not leaving here with him. I'm sorry, I, I can't let you." Um, Superman tells the Huntress to get the Question the hell out of there, and uh, this big fight ensues between. Uh, Captain Adam and Superman. And uh, Captain Adam is actually able to hold his own against Superman. Uh, the guy is super strong, but the reason he's able to get the upper hand on Superman for quite a while is because, as he says, he controls energy, and that includes the same kind of energy-slash-radiation of the Red Sun. So, obviously, Superman's getting weakened every time this guy throws a Red Sun-empowered punch. Um, that fight is going on... What happens? Uh, just it's 
the reason I'm going to have trouble synopsizing this one is because it's a very quiet episode. Despite everything that's happening in it, there's long stretches without dialogue where the music and the mood and the atmosphere just carries it. But basically what happens is, during the fight, Superman gives his... Uh, his little earpiece communicator, communicator thing to the Huntress, and he's like, get to the roof. We can't teleport out of this building. It's shielded. Um, I get to the roof, contact uh, John Jones, and uh, just save the question's life. Huntress gets to the roof with the question. She triggers the communicator, and she's like, John, get us out of here. And the, the Martian is all like, you are fired from the league. Get off this line. And she explains the situation. Without a word, John teleports them straight to the tower. Um, Let's see, Superman and Captain Adam, they're still fighting. And uh, Superman, of course, he destroys Captain Adam. I mean, he's fucking Superman, right? Well, the the, the, the military guys, they're, they're going to, uh, you know, military meds, they're going to help Captain Adam out. And Superman, he's like, no! He's Justice League. So despite the fact that uh, Captain Adam was, you know, was forced, well, well, that's what it was, he was forced to work for the government, Superman still sees him as a Justice Leaguer. So it takes him back up to the Watchtower um, while he's getting treatment, the Question's getting treatment, and um, what am I forgetting there? Superman and Question, they do have a little showdown in the, in the sick bay, but what, what is that? I'm not remembering. Well, it's... I'm trying to remember here, but Question is saying... Uh, he confesses that he was gonna kill Luthor oh, yeah, yeah. so that Superman couldn't and Superman's like that's not how we do things yeah. and question says really then how do we do things around here yeah yeah that, that's true that's true um so let's see while all this is going on on the space station um we see Luthor talking to Amanda Waller and Waller's like you know uh the, the, the League, they saved the question, uh, so we're getting out of this building, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Luthor's, like, saying whatever the hell Luthor's saying. <laughs> and uh, we see Luthor's working on a couple of projects. And uh, we see a countdown timer. We don't know what it is at first, but then all of a sudden we see on the screen that there's the watchtower next to the, the countdown. And you're like, uh-oh. Well... Yeah, once the timer hits zero, Luthor has hacked into the gun, into the gun, into the League's BFG, and what's it called, the Binary Fusion Generator or something like that? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, he fires it straight at the the Cadmus lab where the question was being held. Uh, Not only does it destroy that lab... But these shockwaves from this massive laser beam, at one point they say, can be felt all the way in Japan. Um, <laughs> the city neighboring, because uh, what is it? New, where, where is it? Not New Mexico. It's uh, no, yeah, it's New Mexico. Okay, it was New Mexico. Okay, yeah, the city neighboring uh, the Cadmus Lab is just destroyed. The streets, we see them ripple and crack and crumble. The buildings are just turned to rubble. Cars are flying everywhere. I think we see. Do we see the top of a building fall off, or is that another episode? When I, Brainiac's, don't I think it might be later when Brainiac's head yeah. thing is flying around. But okay, um, mm-hmm. you know that Luthor just killed hundreds, if not thousands, of people with the the, the, the leaks uh, BFG there. So, uh, because the gun was fired, as we saw in the episode Darkheart, the uh, the Watchtower doesn't have power for sixty minutes. Well. You know, there's not much they could do. Uh, they're freaking out. 
uh, is it in this episode? Because because again, these this is a four part story. I want to make sure I'm not going into the next episode. Panic mm-hmm. in the sky. So please uh, stop me if I start getting into the panic in the sky synopsis. Uh, but is is it in this episode where the president calls the watchtower? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, John sends uh, so, some leaguers down to the town to uh, do some cleanup and rescue work, and uh, the president calls the watchtower, and he's like, um, "What did you just do?" And the Martian Manhunter's like, despite appearances to the contrary, we didn't fire the gun. And the president says, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt for now. But if it turns out you did fire that gun, the entire weight of the United States government is coming down on your head. And what can John do? What can he do? He just says, thank you, Mr. President, and uh, the the president terminates the call. Um, Now, what else happens in this one? Because, again, I'm trying not to jump over into Panic in the Sky. How does this one ultimately... Oh, I know how this one ends. Okay, so Waller, she walks up... Uh, she, she's in a new Cadmus lab. Uh, turns out uh, she wasn't killed in the blast. And uh, she walks up to Galatea, the Supergirl clone, and is all like, Hi, um, we're going to go have you kill the League, and uh, you're not going to go solo. You're going to take the Ultimate. Uh, you're not just going to take the Ultimate. You're going to take, like, a thousand of them. <laughs> all to the Watchtower. Because remember, the Ultimate are clothes. Uh, you, you're going to take them all to the Watchtower, and you are going to kill everybody on that tower by either beating them to death or by, you know, disrupting their nuclear generator. And blowing it out of the sky. Yeah, and there you go. The, the, the episode just ends with all these spotlights uh, turning on uh, all of the Ultimate teams. Uh, did I leave anything out? Um, no, I mean, it, there's a continual thing with Green Arrow, uh, you know, saying, starting to question whether he should be in the league or not, uh, because he's just like, what the hell are we doing? And Flash, you know, thankfully Flash is there to be like, look, dude, we help people. That's what we're here for. So, but yeah, Green Arrow is a pretty big part of this uh, because, because they're up on the watchtower, they're. You know, you got Jean and Green Arrow arguing with uh, Superman about why they can't just go down there and, and kick ass all over Kaz, uh, Cadmus because they don't they don't have any hard evidence that they've created uh, or committed any crimes. Right. Green Arrow's like, look, I gotta tell you, I'm the only person in this room without superpowers, and you guys scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. So if if you guys ever did go rogue, who's gonna stop you guys? Me. Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was a really good speech. You're right. I oh. forgot they were laying the seeds for what would ultimately happen with Green Arrow in the the final episode of this four part story here. Uh-huh. Um, so okay, okay. Thank you for 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 filling that in. Uh, so what were you thinking of Flashpoint here? I don't have a single note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah. one. I've got three. You know, <laughs> and they're not very deep or anything. Not like I think yeah. the rest of my notes are deep, but I can tell you one of them is just. <laughs> Dot, 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 whoa. <laughs> and I think that was in reference to when the gun was fired and destroyed the town. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they act, they clearly uh, pay either, I don't know if they're paying homage or whatever, but they're referencing the um, the Daisy ad uh, from the 1964 presidential campaign yeah. with the child picking flowers before a nuclear blast. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know. Really, there's this episode is very, very much a bridge episode. There's, there's, there's not a lot of uh, of notes to be taken from this one. 
Well, just because it's a bridge episode shouldn't give people the impression that... Because sometimes bridge episodes are only so-so, you know? I don't want to give the impression, because I agree with you that it is a bridge episode, that this is a so-so or lackluster episode. Um, Definitely not. Right, yeah, because it's continuing to set up so much. Again, uh, uh, what, what you had said about Green Arrow. You know, all that stuff, we get a payoff for that. Uh, the Superman-Captain Adam fight is is great, and it starts to show that the League members with military ties are being forced by the government to turn on their friends. I was surprised they didn't have, they didn't try that shit with uh, Jon Stewart, too. I mean, it would have been awesome if the, 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 the I think Jon was a Marine or something, if they yeah. showed up and were like, hi, you're reactivated, too, and he was like, like hell I am. You know, and then, now granted, that would have taken up more screen time and all this and that, but it would have been an interesting thing that they could have at least tried. And maybe, who knows, maybe at their round table, uh, the idea was thrown out, you know, at the writer's round table. That mm-hmm. is. Um, and I love the fact that you know Captain Adam is being torn up inside. And he knows he's not going to win against Superman, but his government said he has to do this. So he has to do it. Uh, you know, and. He hopes Superman will step down, but he knows he won't. He absolutely knows he won't. No. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as I said, the synopsis, I love the way Superman takes care of Captain Adam. I really do. You know, it yep. shows that Superman understands what I just said about that guy, that he had no choice but to do this, that he is still Justice League at heart. And uh, just the way he yells at the military men and takes them back to the sick way, sick way, sick bay, part of me. Just a really touching scene, really touching moment after uh, a, a rather brutal fight. Now, you know me. I am pro-Second Amendment as uh-huh. much as anybody. And, but even I liked the debate uh, that Arrow and uh, Jean kind of have, because they, they actually give both sides of the argument here about having the gun, Yeah, uh, which I appreciate. I'm glad they didn't just like... Say, oh no, it's just, it's terrible that we have this gun up here, or, or no, or we need this gun. You know, it, John, it, when he's speaking to the president, says, look, if we had this gun when the Thanagarian, uh, when the Thanagarians invaded, we may have saved God knows how many lives. Uh, and we could have destroyed that, uh, hyperspace bypass in, in a heartbeat. Uh, whereas, you know, Green Arrow's like, look, if we didn't have that gun, it wouldn't have been able to have been hacked. I disagree with Arrow, but I think it was uh, cool that they actually kind of threw that debate in there. Yeah, as you said, I really do appreciate that they did give us both sides. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it at that because, I, you know, what you said, I just, I just agree with all of that. So mm-hmm. I, I really can't add much to it. Um, another thing I was liking about this one, and again, it was something I mentioned during the synopsis, is how quiet a lot of this episode is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when that gun is going off. Everything just stops. And we just go to a quiet, you know, little town in America, and all of a sudden, it's just kablooey. You know, and that they just... I, I don't i don't remember if, they're, if they dropped the music out completely or if they just lowered it. So it's just... No music. I didn't. There that's that's the way I thought it was. You know, we're just watching these people, and as you said, they're very clearly uh, paying homage to that, 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 that old political ad and all this and that. It's it's just done very subtly and very wonderfully, uh, and it just it takes your breath away. And I love that they let 
the animation and the writing uh, express the scene, and they didn't rely on the on some sort of overly, dare I say, melodramatic music to to make to pull at our hearts heartstrings and make uh-huh. us cry for the people that have died. You know, no, they they trusted their animate their 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 storyboarding crew and the uh, animation team there. Yeah, and, uh, I, th- I think they all really pulled that off well. Uh, another Green Arrow thing I liked here was. Um... Green Arrow jumps in uh, when Superman enters the the bridge of the Watchtower before the gun is shot, and uh, he's like, "Give me one good reason why we shouldn't go down there." And John's like, uh, "You know, if you didn't know the answer to that question, you wouldn't have bothered asking." And yeah. Superman's like, "Don't play me, John." John's <laughs> uh, uh, like, "We don't have any hard evidence that they've committed any crimes." And Superman's like, oh, come on, you know they're dirty. So Arrow's like, then maybe we should stop acting like a bunch of roided up, uh, whatever, whatever you said, and, uh, and spend more energy on trying to prove it. Superman's like, I, I don't remember asking your opinion. And he, he tells, look, Batman told me I was supposed to keep you guys honest. And, uh, Superman just goes into Batman mode, like, do I look like Batman to you? And then Flash is like, actually, you kind of do, especially when you're all scowly-eyed like that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> he says all scowly-eyed. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. We've got business, Waller. You told me once that you were a patriot. Well, it's time to step up. You have to know that the Justice League would never have fired that weapon at you. Sure you would. It was retaliation for kidnapping your man, the question. And yet you weren't home. We've had you under surveillance for months. You don't think we saw you evacuate your offices? A warning shot, then. Don't be dense. Someone took over our fusion cannon by remote control. There are maybe three people on Earth smart enough to pull that off. Two of them were already on the watchtower, and that leaves... Luthor. That's where you're trying to lead me, right? You're too smart to trust him. Who says I do? He provides off-the-books funding for Cadmus. Far as I'm concerned, that's all he's good for. Then you must know he's got his own agenda. He wants to be president. That's agenda enough for anybody. Almost anybody. If I were you, I'd start looking at him. Hard. And the third part of this... Uh, the final Cadmus arc here is Panic in the Sky. Uh, this one opens up with Professor Hamilton uh, installing a transmitter into Galatea's forehead, which will allow her to control the army of mindless Ultimen. Uh, and her mission is to board the Watchtower, take out the JLU, and destroy the reactor, blowing the Watchtower out of the sky. Waller comes by, tells her, get a move on. And as Galatea is leaving, she kind of turns around and poignantly says, goodbye, Daddy. And uh, we go to the watchtower, and Jean uh, patches through to Flash on the ground, and Flash says, you know, there, we haven't found any fatalities yet, but uh, don't send anyone else, because, look, the people down here, they don't trust us as it is. We shouldn't look like an invading army. And Superman, at this point, calls a meeting of the original seven, except for Batman and Flash, since they're not there. And they come to an agreement, they decide to give themselves up to the custody of the U.S. government until their innocence is proven, just as just a way to try to calm things down. And 
Superman tells uh, Kara to hold the fort down while they're gone. Uh, when they contact Flash, he readily agrees, but Batman says it's the dumbest idea he's ever heard of. And he's like, look, if you're feeling guilty, clear your own name. Don't stand on the sideline waiting for somebody else to do it. Uh, and he uh, breaks communication with them. And uh, so the other six of the original seven uh, surrender. Uh, meanwhile, we see, we see dozens of Damocles-class missiles hurtling towards the watchtower. And that's LexCorp uh, technology, and they start striking the Watchtower. But instead of blowing up, their warheads open up to allow uh, Galatea and the Ultiman to enter the tower and begin the assault. Um, in the meantime, Eiling and uh, Waller are watching the assault uh, at the secret Cadmus war room, and Batman drops in from the ceiling. He punches Eiling out and starts talking to Waller, and he's like, look... We didn't fire the binary fusion gun. We would never do that. And it was activated by someone on Earth. And there's only one person on the planet who is smart enough to pull that off. And Waller's like, Luthor, that's where you're trying to lead me, right? So Batman says, you're too smart to trust him. What, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, eh, he gives us off-the-books funding for Cadmus. As far as I'm concerned, that's all he's good for. So Batman's like, then you realize he has his own agenda, right? And... She's like, well, yeah, he wants to become president. And uh, Batman's like, that's not all. You might want to start looking at him a little harder. So he leaves. And we go back to the watchtower. And uh, during this, Steel has gone down to the reactor room after getting an alarm. And Supergirl follows after, and she sees the atom knocked out and uh, goes into the reactor room and sees Steel's hammer uh, destroyed. Then she goes, uh, looks over the bridge and sees Galatea utterly beating Steel to hell. And Galatea drops him and she starts fighting Supergirl after saying, you know, I'm just basically here to uh, blow up the watchtower. Uh, but I'm really hoping you're going to try to stop me. Uh, so, of course, she does. And Kara starts getting her ass handed to her repeatedly. Uh, back on Earth, Waller is taking a look at all the technology that Luthor has had shipped to LexCorp. And she asks Hamilton if Luthor could have taken over the JLU space gun with all that stuff. And Hamilton says, well, theoretically, yes, but that's the least of it. He's going to do something far worse than even that. And uh, Waller contacts Galatea to call off the Ultimate and return to Cadmus. The mission is scrubbed. But Galatea refuses to obey because she's having too much fun. And she keeps fighting Supergirl. Um, the Watchtower at this point starts to reboot its power. And... Supergirl grabs a huge electrical conduit and slams it right into Galatea's torso and then the, and crushes her in, into the reactor and sends roughly 11 billion volts into her. Uh, and she's finished off and basically left a twitching comatose french fry. We go back to LexCorp. Lex is plugging up one last circuit into a new nanotech android a la Mezo, uh, with Lex's likeness on it, um, that he's going to install his brain into and become immortal. Batman enters the room, and he says, oh, that was the last piece I needed. And he's like, well, when Adam and, and you worked to stop the first Amazo, you showed, uh, he showed you the blueprints, and you, you have a photographic memory. So it must have been easy for you to build a new one. And the real purpose of Cadmus was to give Luthor superpowers. Luthor says, uh, yes, but it was also to ruin Superman's reputation. Imagine how sweet it will be when I destroy the menace of the Justice League. Now when I kill Superman, they'll build statues in my honor. <laughs> Batman's like, uh, nah, 
he hurls an explosive battering at the thing, but uh Luthor catches it mid-flight, and it explodes in his hand without leaving so much as a scratch. Batman's like, what the fuck? And uh Luthor says, uh, that was uncalled for. He picks up a workbench and bashes Batman with it across the room. Um, Batman does manage to get a few punches in, but Luthor just grabs him and hurls him out the window. And it looks like Batman's going to plummet to his grisly demise since he can't attach a grapple line to anything. Uh, but as he's falling, a hand grabs him. And we go back to the lab, and Waller comes in and says that the uh, that android is Cadmus' property. So you're going to have to find somewhere else to put your brain. She blasts the android into dust, and Luthor is pissed off, and Waller's trying to put Luthor under arrest, and Luthor backhands her into a wall. But Waller pulls her trump card, and the original seven all appear behind Luthor at the broken window. Superman says it's over, but Luthor has other ideas. Unfortunately for him, he starts writhing in pain, and a bunch of new appendages start just jutting out of his body at all places, and his arms turn into these gigantic tentacle-like things, and Luthor starts saying, I'd hope to remain hidden until I could install myself into the android, but you forced my hand. Brainiac has taken over Luthor's body. Oh! <laughs> well, um, what do you think? Uh, uh... Holy fuck? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 what did I say earlier? I got nothing? Or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Everything's moving along. You, you see the pieces really coming together. You know, you're like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is all making sense. This is great. I know I know exactly how this is going to end. You know, especially now that we know Luthor's got superpowers. You know, we don't know where they came from. But okay, a big showdown between the big seven against superpowered Lex Luthor. And then it turns into Brainiac. And you're like... <laughs> Yeah, but what? <laughs> they throw you this curveball, and you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, you're just left standing there with your jaw on the floor going, Luthor and Brainiac and tentacles and, huh? <laughs> I, I, I thought I knew what was going to happen, and now I don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, even everything that was leading up to that, you know, as you said, uh, Galatea hugging uh, Dr. Hamilton, or Professor Hamilton, pardon me, um, and calling him Daddy. Very touching yep. for a character that we really aren't supposed to sympathize with. I mean, she's yeah. a cold-blooded killer, and here it is, she, you know, she's like, you know, we realize that, yeah, Hamilton is her dad, and she she knows that. Uh, Batman confronting Waller, you know, just taking out Eileen, a battering into, the, into his gun, and then one punch takes him down, making her realize what's really just happened. Watching the league try to, to hold their own against against the ultimate, and I love when the crew members. It looks like they're going to get killed. Just the mm-hmm. random crew workers, and they're like, "Raw!" And they then rush the. Uh, I forget the name of the the, the 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 albino one that could change into animals. You know, they all yeah. rush her in her dinosaur form or whatever. Um, Waller just being a total ass kicker with that big old gun she's got, taken out in a mazo <laughs> robot. And then Brainiac coming out of Luthor. (laughs) I mean, the best part about that is even Batman, who's never surprised by anything, is looking like, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just, oh my God, oh my God. 
Um, I've just been gushing. What about you? Um, can I just say all of the above? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when this episode first aired, and on the forums, um, I believe it was Kellen who put in uh, spoiler tags, um, or he said something to the effect of, uh, the only thing I'm going to say is, and then we have the spoiler tags, and it's like, Brainiac, assimilate Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it, and I'm like... What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... How did they get away with that? I mean... I don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad they got away I, with yeah, it. But I it is... I, I would not show the last couple minutes of this to a kid. I... Re- you know, and I'm not, I'm not a prude like that. You know what I mean? Growing up, I watched First Blood. I watched the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I saw violent stuff. I saw vulgar stuff. But sometimes you got to look at stuff and go, maybe a kid shouldn't see it until they're whatever age you deem necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, if, only be- if only so you don't have to stay up with them in the middle of the night as they have their nightmares. Mommy, mommy, the tentacles and Luthor, oh my God. You, you, <laughs> you don't want to be up at three in the morning pampering a kid, you know? So, so you go, okay, I'm not going to show them this until they can handle it, you know? Because <laughs> I can barely handle that shit. <laughs> and, and I've seen a Nightmare on Elm Street too, where similar stuff happens, and this is creepier than that. Uh, oh my god! Uh, I have a question for you though. Yeah. Where's Batman? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He was there then. But no, that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Superman just looks at him like. <laughs> even the not mili- the time. Yeah, even the military guy has no time for the flashy shit. You know, <laughs> just looking at him like, yeah, that's not funny, dude. I'm gonna shoot you in the face. <laughs> it is. It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Uh, what were just some really cool little things in here? Oh, oh, Adam Smasher throwing a javelin. At, long, at the Long Shadow clone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he actually <laughs> used the javelin like its namesake. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, you just mentioned Long Shadow. I thought what would have been really neat is if the Long Shadow from... Uh, what was the name of that episode? Ultimatum? Yeah, that one. Uh, somehow made an appearance here. I mean, at this point, we can assume he's passed away. Right. But I thought it would have been... Okay, what I'm getting at here is nobody outside of the Ultimen, and maybe Galatea, dies in this story. And when you consider just the massive amount of bodies and energy and uh, just energy-based powers and superpowers being thrown at each other, people are going to die. Mm-hmm. And I think if they would have brought in the original, in quotes, Long Shadow and had him perish in the battle, it would have, it, I mean, it would have put this thing over and above uh, where it is already. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. would have showed us that casualties did happen, and it would have been okay to kill him because we know he was dying already. Um, maybe they felt they couldn't get away with that, especially with the gruesome way they were ending this episode. Mm-hmm. especially because of the fight between Supergirl and Galatea. That's just me as a fanboy saying what I would have liked. It's also me playing a bit of an armchair writer. I admit that. Um, I don't hold it against the episode. It's just 
again, it's just it's just me saying this. This is what I would have liked, and I do understand why they, why they didn't put that in there. I think it would have been. I I, I don't see where uh, where they could have done this, but if, I think it might have been kind of cool if um, the eleven bajillion jolts uh, that were sent into Galatea um, like fried her brain, and she somehow became Power Girl out of that, and like season whatever the next season is. Oh, yeah, like somehow... She all, becomes a hero now. <laughs> yeah, like all the uh, brainwashing that Cadmus had done to her mm-hmm. was like basically washed away. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, and they could even made it where she was more of an anti-hero. She, she didn't have to be like a straight-up superhero at that point, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that would have that been really cool, because we don't see Galatea ever again, right? Nope. Okay, yeah, she's dead then. <laughs> she, she, she totally died. She she's burned to a crisp. <laughs> um, while we're talking about her, there's one point, you know, when, when Professor Hamilton is putting a little thingy on her head that allows her to control the ultimate, he says, because uh, she makes a crack about potentially being immune to kryptonite, and he's like, um, no, and he says that her uh, basic underlying DNA matrix um, is still Kryptonian, blah, 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 blah. I'm wondering if they had him word it that way. Underlying DNA matrix is a nod towards the Peter David Supergirl era. Uh, or was it Peter David era, or was it before him? There, there was a period... Yeah, I think it was before him. Pardon that. There, there was a period where there was a Supergirl running around that was... I think she was just called Matrix or The Matrix, and she was like this putty thing. It was really weird. I don't even fully understand it. But because he's talking to a Supergirl-like character and he drops in the word Matrix, I have to wonder if that was a very subtle little thing for the hardcore fanboys that they were uh, throwing in there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, More on Galatea here. I loved Supergirl's line where she's like, you know what? No matter how bad you beat me, at least I'm real. And, she, and she's like, deep down, you know the truth. You're not a person. You're just a weapon grown out of one of Hamilton's Petri dishes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way for her to get her ass kicked again, which she does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right, Galatea just didn't, like, rip her head off, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, rip. Whoops. Who's real now, bitch? You know? Fatality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of little questions here. Um, why did the Flash step off the javelin when they landed to allow themselves to be taken into custody? He was on yeah. the ground. We saw that. But then he walks off the javelin. Yeah. I mean, even if you try to justify it and say they picked him up, he's the fucking Flash. The javelin could have landed and we could have seen the Flash run up alongside it. You know, I don't, I'm not going to take a point off or anything like that, because maybe maybe there was a line saying that they were, they were going to pick up the Flash so they could all show up together, and I just missed it. I, Actually, quite the contrary. Wonder Woman says, meet us at the coordinates I'm sending you. Oh, okay, okay, then it is a flat-out mistake, but still, I'm not going to take a point off. It's it's. I just don't, I'm not going to take a point off or anything like that. Who knows, maybe something happened off camera and they picked up the Flash out. The blunder I noticed was actually in... The previous episode, Booster Gold is on the rescue team that goes down to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this episode, he's aboard the Watchtower fighting the Ultimate. Oh, wow, I didn't notice that. And there's another one. We see the question in the sickbay. Now, I'm not talking about when the question 
uh, comes out of the sick boy bay, and I think what, he throws a bedpan at somebody. Okay. Yeah, he bashes uh, one, a, a black lightning on the back of the head with um, uh, with the bedpan. Right, yeah. Now, I'm not talking about that scene. Earlier in the episode, the question, and I believe the huntress is at his bedside, we see him in the sick bay, and he's got his mask back on. Why the fuck would they put that back on him? <laughs> and, and frankly... Is it well? No, I mean, sometime has probably passed between when Huntress took it off in the previous episode and this one. It's probably been more than just a few minutes, but it's still like, really, why would they put that back on? <laughs> Vic demanded it. <laughs> you know, it's like who is coming into that sick bay to see that nutter? You know, it's not like, you know, if if the Flash were sick or really busted up, a lot of people would come and see him, and people maybe who don't know his identity, he would go, okay, I'm gonna put my mask back on. But the questions, nobody's going to go see that guy. Nobody. Nobody likes him. They, they keep making that point. You know? <laughs> He's so disliked by the League that he thinks he can kill Luthor and the League won't suffer a hit. You know? Um, so I, I really got to think that's just some sort of flub there. Um, but yeah, later on, when, when he comes out of the sick bay and he hits the guy with the bedpan, I have no problem with him having the mask on there because he's entering a fight. He very It's very conceivable that he would have put it back on. I just would have liked to have seen Vic's face in the scene before that. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, another question I have here. Who saves Batman? I think it was a girl hand, wasn't it? No, that looked like a guy's hand, but it, it was a bare hand and forearm, so it, it couldn't have been Superman, and it was a white guy, so it couldn't have been Jon Stewart, mm-hmm. and it couldn't have been Flash, because his his costume covers his entire body and he doesn't fly right and wonder woman uh has a bracelet on her arm uh, could it have been hot girl <laughs> that's a i don't i don't know that hand looked very masculine to yeah, me, I, but... I thought i saw more feminine nails on it i'll have to go back and look uh, yeah. and, it, I, and it couldn't have been jean no so mm. I, hot girl's the only person it could have been but that did not look like a female hand mm, okay yeah i'll go i'll go back and look at that later i'm just curious is all i just it's kind of something that's kind of bugged me ever since the very first time i watched this one yeah um and i cannot believe you didn't say this what does lex luthor do to batman <sighs> he defenestrates him thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love that when he throws him out the window um, oh, by the way, total non sequitur. I know. I-, I meant to send you a text about two weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm on lunch at work, and I go to like this little pizza joint nearby, right? And mm-hmm. I'm watching Jeopardy, and one of the categories they had was defenestration in cinema. <laughs> and I really meant to text you and be like, oh, my God, turn on Jeopardy. But I figured you were probably at work, you know? Probably. Um, <laughs> and I kept forgetting to, like, send you an email or a private message at the forums being like, oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh, what I really loved about after, about that scene, you know, where Luthor chucks Batman out the window is what you said about how the grappling hook couldn't pierce the building. Um, and that shows you just how prepared Luthor is. Mm-hmm. Not only is his building lead lined so Superman can't see through it, he's made it so Batman can't scale it. Yep. He's prepared for other members of the league, not just the guy his primary focus is on. Ah, shows you how smart Luthor is. Really cool. Oh yeah. Um the the last note I have here 
is uh, when Waller is knocked to the ground, I think Luthor backhands her or something. If you look at her, she's wearing a ring, and it looks green. She is wearing a ring. I don't remember, you know, anything else about it. Uh, go back and look, and this is this isn't just for you. This is for our listeners too. Go back and look, and tell me if that's green or not, because I'm wondering if she has a kryptonite ring. It would make sense that, for her to have one. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, yeah. Think about it. She's trying to take down Superman and the rest of the league. She would risk the cancer that could come from constant exposure to kryptonite. She absolutely would. Um, so, I'm just saying, maybe it wasn't green. Maybe it wasn't. That's why I'm asking you and our listeners to go back and 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 uh, look at that. I I I'd throw it in too, but at this point, my disc is boxed up. You know. Because mm-hmm. of my impending move, so I, I I can't do that right now. But someone please do it. Dude, that is messed up. I don't understand what's happening. You are under my control. I have lain dormant within you for years, Lex Luthor, subtly influencing your actions until we arrived at this point. Do you not recall my kidnapping you in this very building? Yes. You forced me to build you a new body. Kal-El destroyed that body, foiling my plans. In any event, I always have a backup plan. Consider, how could you have survived a point-blank blast from me, unless... Unless it wasn't intended to kill me. The beam carried a nanotech payload that inserted a microscopic, holistic copy of my program inside your body. Since then, I have steadily grown in strength, protecting this body until I could arrange my transfer into a more suitable one. You cured my cancer gave me super strength. Your animal protein shell was insufficient for my needs. Improvements were required. Next up is Divided We Fall. Again, this one picks up where Panic in the Sky left off. Luthor is now Brainiac Luthor. The Justice League is like, yeah, but what? Uh, Waller is like, this is fucked up. I just shit my panties. And so, uh, what happens? Uh, does this Brainiac flee the building, or does he knock them out of? The, he knocks them out of the building. What the hell happens? Oh my god! Well, see, Waller tries to shoot Brainiac. Oh, and it, that's right. Yeah, she. It does not work at all. <laughs> right. She she puts like six or seven shots in him, and uh, she's like, "We'll we'll take him back to to Cadmus, and we'll have the Tech Boys uh, uh, dissect him." And uh, Luthor Brainiac stands up, and he pulls a T one thousand. Uh huh. Heals himself. And, uh, oh, it's also explained in this episode, right? Or was the previous one, how Brainiac got into Luthor? In this one. Yeah. So what we find out is a long time ago in Superman the Animated Series, um, do you remember what episode it was? Um, you keep talking. I guarantee I'll think of it while you're talking. Okay. Was it the first Brainiac one? No, I don't think it was the first one, because just because of what happened in the episode. Yeah, but... Y'all remember that episode where Brainiac uh, kidnapped Luthor and had him... You're right, it couldn't have been the first one because he's having Ghost Luthor... Ghost the Machine. That's right, because he's having Luthor build him a new body. So, And you're right, it is Ghost of the Machine. So mm-hmm. um, when, when Luthor was building Brainiac that new, that new body, Superman destroyed it. But Brainiac shot Luthor with an energy beam. And Brainiac says, do you really think you would survive a point-blank blast from me? And Luthor's like, uh, I never really thought about that. And Brainiac was like, yeah, 
when I did that, it wasn't meant to kill you. I injected a nano payload into your body. It got into your DNA, and I've been laying dormant in you since. I'm the one that gave you superpowers. I'm the one that cured your cancer. Fuck you, bitch, you're mine. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, massive fight ensues. The, 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 the league, all of them are knocked out of the building. Uh, they, they, they end up saving the people who can't fly, including Waller and Flash. All these tentacles come out of nowhere from the building, if I remember correctly, right? No. Because yep. there's tentacles from the building at one point, and then there's tentacles from Brainiac. I forget how that's all playing out. But just this massive aerial flight, flight, aerial fight is, is going on. And uh, Brainiac Luthor, he tells the League, yeah, you know, of course I'm going to assimilate you and all your personal knowledge, and I'm going to do the rest of the Earth, blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, he's got them all wrapped up, and he, he shoots all these like little tentacles into them. I've got nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make your own jokes, people. You know, yeah, I've been doing seriously. it for 95 episodes. Come on. <laughs> we already exhausted the tentacle jokes back in Trouble in Tokyo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so John Jones, he's all like, no, this can't happen. Finally remembers that he can, you know, turn intangible. And uh, uh-huh. he, he flies at uh, Luthor Brainiac, and he rips out all of the tentacles from Luthor. Oh, my God. And uh, uh, Brainiac Luthor is all like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this battle. He flies to the top of the building. Um, out from the building comes a giant Brainiac ship head thing. Um, start shooting lasers everywhere. Um, I think this is where the top of like an Empire State, uh, an Empire State building, like is that Empire State building? Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, gets gets zapped and falls to the ground. Kind of creepy. Um, the league does does what they can to take it down. Eventually, Superman and Green Lantern they fly above it and they they using heat vision and just a green beam. Um, they they cause a crisscross in it, which causes the giant Brainiac headship thingy to crash and burn. And uh, they're all like, yay, we saved the day. And Batman kind of scoops some Bukaki up off the ground, and he's like, this was too easy. Bukaki. Anyways, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hawkgirl's like, if that was easy, I, I don't even remember how she finishes that line. Um, I must I must have been at the wrong fight. Then. That's it, yeah. And uh, so uh, they're like, well, where could Luthor have had it? And Waller's like, yeah, he probably went to, like, like the main Cadmus building or something. Sure enough, Luthor and Brainiac, they're in the sewers. And uh, Luthor's like, okay, Brainiac, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, what do you think? My programming dictates that, you know, I'm going to use you to get all of Earth's information and then move on to the next planet, the next planet, the next planet, so on and so forth, until all of reality is mine. And uh, Luthor's like, well, what you don't have that I have is imagination. So let's team up. And uh, what they do is they end up going to uh, the division of Cadmus where they've housed uh, the remaining creatures from the Dark Heart episode. Uh, the, the Luthor Brainiac thingy assimilates all those and truly becomes uh, one creature. Uh, that is, Luthor and Brainiac becomes one creature. You know, it's Luthor with this in his sleek gold armor with this bluish face, but he's still got the Brainiac thingy on his forehead. Um, and it's really neat the way they're doing Clancy Brown's voice with, oh, I forget who voices. Corey Burton. That's it. The way they're matching their voices. Really cool. Um, and uh-huh. we'll, we'll come back to this later on during the Flash scene. 
in this form, Brainiac realizes that in one fell swoop, he can just uh, assimilate all of the information um, of the Earth and then just destroy it and move on. Well, um, the League, they, they of course know where uh, Luthor Brainiac has gone because of Waller's told them. They, you know, they're, they're about to storm the building when uh, Luthor reveals himself, and he's like in this giant like gold bubble thing. And, uh, you know, they, they, they run at it. Uh, they, they get the, they all are shot with laser beams or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Luthor's like, uh, now where's Wonder Woman? She throws a javelin into the building. <laughs> um, is that when she does that? Yeah, that's when she does that. Well, you did mention the, uh, the Justice Lord. Oh, I thought she threw the robot. javelin at the building and then the Justice Lord thing happened. No, no. Okay. It was, it was yeah. You're right. I got mixed up there. Um, yeah, at one point, uh, the Luthor Brainiac thing is like, look, I... You know, I've got stuff to do. Brainiac, it should be said, uh, actually creates all of these little Brainiac-like beings. And Luthor is like, no, no, no. Remember, imagination. And he turns all of them in to uh, the Justice Lords, including the Flash. So this is the first and only time we've seen a Flash Justice Lord, and he's actually dressed like the reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, whatever you want to call him. I'm not going to get into that whole thing again. Sorry, that's from an Earth student at the show episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, they have to take down the Justice Lord, Brainiac-powered duplicates. Um, you know, Superman is having a hard time with his, so he and Wonder Woman trade. Um, and it, there's one point where Green Lantern just takes a giant construct mallet and beats the shit out of the shit <laughs> Hawkgirl one. And Hawkgirl's like, you enjoyed that a little too much. And he's like, yeah, she broke my heart. Well, Shaira then takes her mace and whacks <laughs> uh, the, the, the Brainiac Justice Lord uh, Green Lantern's head off. And she's like, likewise. And in the background, you see the head just go clink, clink, clink. <laughs> and they kind of look at each other like, oh, <laughs> that might have been a bit too much. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, some more shit happens. And then Wonder Woman eventually throws the javelin at the building. Uh, the building just kind of crumbles to the ground. Um, let's see. What happens from there? Just Yeah, what happens from there? Is the League just well, all kind of knocked out and it leads to just the Flash Luthor fight? Pretty much. Okay. I mean, the, the building is crumbling. Wonder Woman just get, gets blasted with one last shot yeah, from yeah. Bra- you know, Brainiac, and then Flash crawls out of the rubble. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, Luthor is standing there and Flash is standing there and uh, what do you call it? Uh, Luthor, uh, the Luthor Brainiac thing creates, uh, two little beings to grab the Flash. Flash is taken to his knees, um, and, uh, Luthor, he creates some sort of shotgun right in his hand. And uh, this is what I was talking about earlier. Uh, Luthor Brainiac starts to say, you know, whatever he's saying, and he's like, but I'm still human enough to enjoy this. And while he's saying that, Clancy Brown's voice actually becomes the dominant voice in the Brainiac Luthor dual voice thingy. And uh, uh, Luthor is about to shoot the flash when the flash starts to vibrate really fast. Um, the the constructs that are holding him, they go kablooey. Uh, Luthor is like, are you going to fight me, boy? And Flash silently runs away. So Luthor starts to do something with telepathy powers or magnetism powers or whatever. And uh, he kind of looks to the side, and the Flash comes running up and hits him real hard. And a piece of his armor comes off. And he does it again and again. And we start seeing 
that the Flash is running around the world to build up enough speed, enough strength to uh, basically rip off a piece of uh, the Luth- uh, Brainiac's armor off of Luthor every time he comes in contact with him. Uh, eventually, uh, the the armor is is pretty much destroyed, but there's still some of it on Luthor. Uh, Luthor falls down. Flash mounts him. I'm not inserting a joke there. And he starts vibrating one fist. There's your joke. He starts vibrating the other fist. There's another joke. And he just starts pummeling Luthor in the chest. Um, just, we don't know what he's doing, um, but he, whatever he's doing is destroying Brainiac. Um, everything in the area is, is it basically, he's almost creating like hurricane-like uh, conditions in the area. Once that's all done, Flash stands up, and we see the area around him. There's, like, rocks floating. He's, he's literally changing the physics of the world around his body. And uh, he looks over at the League, and he's like, I feel kind of funny. And uh, he fades from existence. Uh, Luthor chuckles. He's like, well, what do you know? I killed him after all. Superman grabs Luthor by the neck. Um, it should be noted that Luthor is buck-ass naked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Grabs him by the neck. Or before he does that, Luthor looks up at Superman, and he sees how pissed Superman is, and he's like, I was wrong. This is the point where you kill me. Because Luthor earlier kind of said that to Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, lifts him up. Superman is just about to heat vision him to death, and he's like, you know what? I'm not that other Superman. I wish to God I was right now, but I am not him, and I'm not going to become him. Um, at that point, John Jones is all like, oh my god, I can still sense the flesh. And uh, <laughs> Shaira starts, I don't know, somehow she's able, her presence, her calling out to Wally, is able to open up a portal, and the Flash is all like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm in total I'm in total peace here. I've 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 I found some sort of force, a speed force." And uh, yeah, exactly. And she's like, "No, you got to come back to us, Wally." And he's like, "I don't know if I can." She sticks her hand in the portal. She's like, "Take my hand." You know, Superman grabs her hand. Wonder Woman grabs his hand. Green Lantern is there. Batman's there, and they use all of their strength to pull the Flash out of the portal. He is beat, and he tells Shayura, he's like, I don't know if I can run that fast ever again, because if I do, I do not know if I'm coming back. And uh, Waller gets on the phone, and she's all like, you know, um, what does she say? No, she calls the president. She's like, Mr. President, mm-hmm. call off the airstrike. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. So the episode ends with Superman. It's, it's like a, a day, I think it's just a day later. Um, he's on stage with the other members, the, fa- the other founding members, I should say, of the League. And he's all like, you know what, we, we saved the world, but, you know, in so doing, you know, we instilled fear in, in the normal people, and we didn't mean to do that. So, you know what, we're disbanding the Justice League. All you superheroes are freelance agents. I'm sorry. And uh, he starts to walk away, and Green Arrow is like, you know what, no. No, no, no. Like, if you want to retire... Go ahead and do that. But if you're quitting, because what does he say? If you're quitting because what? It's too hard. That's right. Then he basically tells him, fuck you. Um, you know, and he's like, he's like, the world needs the Justice League, and the Justice League needs you, Superman. And uh, Superman, he, he walks back up to the mic, and he goes, okay, you know what? We'll keep the League together, but there's going to be some changes. We're taking down the space station. We're going to have an embassy on Earth. They, they pretty much leave it at that, but, uh, you know, 
uh, Batman walks off the stage later on and uh, he has a conversation, or a brief conversation, with uh, Green Arrow there and uh, basically says, you know, who watches the Watchers or who guards the Guardians or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Green Arrow's like, yeah, don't worry, we got it covered. So we know in the future Green Arrow is still going to have his eye on the league to make sure this shit doesn't happen again or that he start to become uh, all-powerful. And uh, the episode ends with Superman, or excuse me, Clark Kent at the Daily Planet with Lois. Uh, she's finishing up an article about everything that's been happening with Cadmus and the League, and uh, that's it. It's just it just ends with Clark and Lois just talking, being friends. Um, mm-hmm. Did I leave anything out? No, that was pretty much everything. Yeah, I know I got a little jumbled in the order of things, and I do apologize for that. But come on, it's 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 divided. We fall, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of epic. So I got a yeah, little mixed yeah, up. Yeah, kind of sorta. Yeah, but I think I got it out there. So what were you thinking? Holy shit again! <laughs> yeah. Epic fights. Flash finally gets his moment yeah. of of utter badassery. Mm-hmm. I love the Brainiathor character. Yeah, I, I say character singular in quotes, mm-hmm. but still, um, yeah, it's the the thing I I really like this episode and remember it for though is this is the last time that all seven of the original leaguers fight together. Oh, really. We never, they, you know, they all fight in the final, the final, final episode, Destroyer, but they're all scattered about. This is where they, this is the last time they fight together as a seven-part team. Wow, I, I didn't realize that. Okay. That's pretty... kind of sad. Yeah. Sad, actually. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, I've got like two notes because I've seen this episode so many times, <laughs> I could recite it to you verbatim, <laughs> the entire script. Um... It's it's mostly fighting, but it's good, entertaining fighting between the League and the Justice Lord robots, between Flash and Luth, uh, Brainy Athor, as I keep calling him. Um, but again, another thing I love this episode for, Luthor can manipulate Brainiac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can manipulate anybody. Mm-hmm. Luthor owns pretty much, in, in the first half of this episode, at the very least. Yeah, because what I didn't say is basically what Luthor tells Brainiac is, yeah, we can get all this information, but then we can basically use it to reshape the galaxy and become unto gods. And uh, you know that Brainiac kind of likes that idea because he doesn't just kill Luthor. You know, he keeps going along with this. So, yeah. Yep. Um, something I didn't say is that, in the synopsis that is, is that they actually foreshadow the Flash doing the vibrating thing on Luthor. Earlier in the story, when he takes down his Justice Lord slash Brainiac counterpart, uh-huh. um, he, he puts his fists into him and he, oh God, and he vibrates, oh God. <laughs> oh Are you trying to do this? I mean... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I swear. But... When he's done doing that, he says, I am never doing that again. And then, of course, by the end of the, end of the episode, he does have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, it's, it seems like it's a throwaway line, and then when you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm talking about The Flash, I know you already, already said it, but in, in my notes, in, in regards to his final moments there, I just wrote, Flash equals ep fucking ick. I mean, it's just, you know, you expect the big final battle to be between Superman and Luthor. You know, maybe even Batman and Luthor. 
But again, it really you think it should be Superman because it's let Luthor and Brainiac. No, it's the Flash. And I have to wonder if they did that due to the way they mishandled the Flash when Justice League Unlimited started out. Yeah, where they just completely forgot about him. Right, and I, I didn't mention this in a previous episode, and I kept meaning to. Remember the episode where he is sitting down with, uh, oh my god, I just lost his name, Ralph Dibney, the stretchy guy. Oh my god. Elongated man. Elongated man. man. I want to call him Elastic Man. I knew that was wrong. And they're playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. The mm-hmm. Flash says something like, I'm a founding member, and I don't think they respect me. And I, I really kind of felt and still feel that the production crew inserted that line, gave Michael Rosenbaum that line, so as a sort of way to say, yeah, we kind of screwed up and forgot about the Flash for a while, but now we're bringing him back to the forefront. And I think they're doing it here now. They gave Flash like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, most badass moment in the entire DCAU as, as a way to apologize to the fans of that character. I honestly, truly believe that. And I completely, 100% agree with you. Yeah, because it really, like I said, you'd think that'd be a Superman moment, but not at all. They give it to the Flash. So there's some, mm-hmm. there was something going on behind the scenes there. Yeah, And, I, and I've, I've said all along that my Flash is the favorite, my favorite member of the Justice League and might be my favorite character in all of the DCAU. I've not kept that secret. So for him to get this big moment... It just it just makes every time this scene, every time I watch this scene, my heart just just wells up. I'm like, yeah, get him, get him. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just and so the music cool. that plays behind it, mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Yeah. However, um, have to mention a pretty pretty awful awful audio glitch. Um, when Wonder Woman grabs. The Superman, the, the Justice Lord Superman robot with the lasso and slams him around. And uh, after she says, "What do you say we switch dance partners?" We hear a sound loop of John striking the Justice Lord Hawk Girl with his with the green with the lantern energy construct mallet yeah. over and over again before it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly thought that was a, mis- a glitch on my DVD. I didn't know if that was a glitch on all of the DVDs, if that's the way it was when it aired, or what. So thank you for bringing that up. Because I wasn't going to mention it. I honestly thought it was just my DVD that glitched. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's it's bad. Mm. It is really bad. And I hate to say that about it really bring up something that negative about such a great episode, but it is glaring. Yeah, and I don't think you can say that it's a sound that's happening in the background. No. Um, because it takes, it's really loud. It, ta- yeah. it's, it, it takes you out of what the hell's going on between the Wonder Woman, uh, the Wonder Woman's and the Superman's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another thing I want to mention, this, this isn't as, as big of as a, a, a mistake like that. I don't even know if this, if this is a mistake, but it, it's a little weird. When they go to the building and Superman's like, you know, this building's lead line, so I can't see in it, but it's putting off a lot of weird heat signatures. Wonder Woman walks up to the building and says, you, what does she say? You don't need supervision, supervision for that. to see that. Like, basically, she's saying she can feel the heat coming off the building, right? Uh-huh. Then why is she cupping her ear? It didn't look like she was cupping her ear. It looked like she was just holding her hand out to feel for 
to say, look, can't you feel the heat? No, watch it again. Her hand isn't like out in front of her gesturing like you would at a, at a fire or something warm. Look at that, feel this heat. She's actually got it next to her head, right up against her ear. Like like she's hearing something. Seriously, go watch that again. Okay. And I, don't, I, I doubt this will be the last thing I say about this episode, but the last note I have about this episode is at the end when Green Arrow convinces uh, Superman to not dismantle the League, and we see the other League members smiling and clapping at Superman, and they do that close-up of Superman, and then they cut to a close-up of Batman. Mm-hmm. The way they've got Batman's head positioned, you know, and he's smiling and whatnot, and he's in broad daylight, it makes me wonder if that's supposed to be a brighter counterpart to the scowling shot of Batman in the opening credits of Batman the Animated Series. You know, the famous close-up of Batman with the dark, you know, it's, it's all dark, but there's the little red behind him and his eyes just sort of squint. Yeah, at the, at the mugs and the, yeah. on, the uh, on the rooftop. Yeah, I think this is supposed to mirror that, but in a much brighter way. Again, he's smiling and it's the daytime. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like the same shot to me, and I don't think that's a coincidence. That's great catch. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else do you have about this one? Because like I said, I'm out of notes, but I could probably keep talking about it, and I'm sure you could too. Yeah. I think it needs to be noted that this is the second time Hawkgirl has hit Jon Stewart in the head with the mace. Um, te- okay, it's technically not Jon Stewart. It's a robot, but yeah. still. <laughs> oh, remember, uh, oh, it's just a tap. Oh, yeah. In static shock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god, with the the, the S and M just <laughs> innuendos. <laughs> oh my god, we got the fisting and tentacles. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved Flash's line to the Reverse Flash that he's going to paint his logo on the the conference <laughs> table chair. <laughs> but I thought it was already painted on there. Uh, I don't think their logos are on the chairs. I know that's the way it is in the comics, which of course is what it's referencing. But, uh, yeah, I don't think their logos are on the chairs at the conference table. I could swear in one of the Justice League Unlimited episodes with uh, Aquaman in it that their logos were on the chairs, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. But uh, the chairs always looked blank to me. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just love Michael Rosenbaum so much. I'm going to paint my logo on it. Because <laughs> Flash is the only one of the... Uh, the team who, when they're fighting the the Justice Lord robots, that doesn't get like grim or psyched out by them. Well, <laughs> I, I think this is because the other members of the League, you know, Flash doesn't have a counterpart. Is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. trying to have fun with fun with it. Where all of them, they are looking at dark images of themselves. Yeah, and Flash is just like this guy ain't me. He's got no mental trauma because there was a, uh, you know, an alternate reality Flash. So he's just going to be his own old flashy self about it. You know, I, I love the fact that they just let him have fun. I really do. You know, it actually occurs to me. They never showed how Jean beat his counterpart. Uh, no, they didn't, did they? <laughs> That's uh, interesting. Okay. He ate him. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he just transformed into a dragon and ate him. Yeah, probably. <laughs> What is this? A home away from home for members of my organization. I'll admit we're putting on something of a show for your benefit. We rarely have so many members here at once. (laughs) Yes, it would take a huge scam to pay for all these people. 
Actually, it's the other way around. They pay me. The world's most powerful supervillains, banded together with one common goal. They protect each other from the Justice League. It's the only way to survive in the modern world. There are so many heroes now, and under the Martian, they're too organized for freethinkers like ourselves to make a dishonest buck. You're running a protection racket. A co-op. Everyone's free to go about their own business, but if, say, Batman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash show up to foil your bank robbery, you no longer have to face them alone. <laughs> right. He does it out of the goodness of his heart. Plus 25% of the gross. So far, it's working perfectly. The League doesn't even know that we exist. Have to hand it to you. This is an impressive operation, but we're still not interested. See now, that's a problem. You're much too powerful a player to be out there freelance. Don't worry about the competition. I'm out of the business. Really? Then why bother to escape from prison? Oh, you've still got the spark, Luthor. I see it in your eyes. The spark of a man who can't be bound by society's petty restrictions. Besides, nobody who plays the game at our level ever quits. Oh, you got that right. Completely missing the point. Luthor? You think you understand me? That you actually have anything to offer? For a brief moment, I attained absolute knowledge. Godhood. Now it's all gone. You melded with the computer being Brainiac. And at your moment of triumph, the Justice League destroyed him. Tragic. Now there isn't a single piece of him left anywhere on Earth. Except, of course, for this one. Give it to me. Salvation comes at a price, Lex. First you do something for me. Then you get your precious rock. Do whatever he asks. My entire program resides in even the smallest part of me. I could reconstitute you, bring you back to life. Yes, we could be together again. All right, Grodd. I'm in. And lastly up today is I Am Legion. This is actually the op uh, season premiere for season th three. It it's either two or three, but it's... Uh, the final season of Justice League Unlimited. We're not going to review epilogue. Right. Uh, why don't you explain why? Because at the end of episode 94, I stress that we wouldn't be doing epilogue, but we would explain why. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Basically, epilogue ties up the entire DCAU. Uh, it, it's, it's the final chronological episode, and I think we really felt that it needs, or it needed to be reviewed by itself at the very end of WFP. Yeah. So we are going to do, uh, what's the order? Alive, then Destroyer? Correct. And then Epilogue. In, right. Uh, what did that be? Episode 98, I think? Yeah, Episode 98. Alive, Destroyer, Epilogue. Because keep in mind, and James, do correct me if I'm wrong, when they made Epilogue, they really thought that was it for the DCAU. Yeah. They didn't know that they were going to get another season of Justice League Unlimited. Yep. Um, so they were wrapping everything up, and then when the other season was produced, they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll make these more. We'll make more episodes." So, as James said, we're just covering it at the end because chronologically, that is it. 
I am Legion. Uh, this one opens up with Luthor escaping from prison uh, in a hijacked armored car. Uh, and while he's speeding away, he seems to be talking to an invisible person. Um, and he ends up crashing the armored car uh, and is cornered in an alleyway. However, a hand phases through the wall behind him and pulls him away. Uh, the cops are left just totally dumbfounded as to what the hell just happened. Um, after this, we go to a swamp where the criminal known as the Key says his benefactor is ready to meet him. And that benefactor turns out to be Gorilla Grodd, who, yep, <laughs> who wishes to show Luthor his impressive new operation, that being none other than the Legion of Doom. <laughs> so, after the opening title, Superman, Shaira, and Aztec uh, arrive at the crime scene to discuss uh, what was going on, and uh, King Faraday arrives and introduces himself as the new liaison between the League and the U.S. government. Okay, <laughs> I have always wanted to bust this one out on WFP, so here it goes. Meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. <laughs> Grodd explains that his new secret society is a basically a protection racket whose members pay him to help them pull off their crimes. And uh, Luthor is moderately impressed, but he says he's not interested in joining. And Grodd says, eh, that's a problem, because you are too powerful a player to be left to freelance. And Luther says, don't worry, I'm out of the business permanently. And Grodd just scoffs at this, asking, really, well, why would you bother to break out of prison then? Hmm. Uh, and he says, no, a person the stature of, of Lex Luthor never leaves the game. And Luther j- turns his head and says, oh, you got that right. Totally missing the point. And Grodd's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he is uh, speaking to his invisible compatriot again, which confuses Grodd. And... Uh, Luthor tells Grodd, look, for a brief time, I attained godhood. Nothing you could offer me means a goddamn thing. And uh, Grodd's like, hmm, that is true. Uh, and I guess you'll never gain it back since, you know, every piece of Brainiac was destroyed. Oh, except for this one. <laughs> so Luthor grabs for it. It's just this rock with the Brainiac uh, emblem on it. And... Uh, Grodd says, uh-uh, salvation comes at a price. Help me and you'll get your precious rock. And uh, we s- then see that Luthor is speaking to Brainiac uh, in his mind. And Brainiac says, look, do whatever he asks. You can rebuild me from even the smallest piece of my, you know, whatever, my programming or whatever he says. Uh, and we could be together again. <laughs> <laughs> Slash fiction writers everywhere just got wet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, you know I'm right about that. I might be joking, yeah. but you know I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you are. You really are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and it's really not clear if Brainiac is actually there, uh, if there's like some piece of Brainiac still inside of Luthor, <laughs> um, <laughs> or if it's just in his mind. Yeah. Um, so Luthor is like, all right, Grodd, I'll help you out. So elsewhere, the uh, the last surviving member of the Blackhawks, we remember them from uh, the Savage Time, uh, Chuck Sirianni gets an alert from a monitor in his footlocker uh, that there's trouble on Blackhawk Island. Uh, meanwhile, at uh, the new Justice League headquarters, uh, Shaira starts making fun of Flash for not go over, uh, going over and talking to Fire, whom he clearly has a crush on. She then says, yeah, you'd probably be wasting your time. I hear she's, you know, Brazilian. <laughs> lesbian jokes! We get lesbian jokes on Justice League. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Agent Faraday then calls and patches them in uh, to a call from Chuck, who tells them that something has triggered Black Hawk Island's uh, defense grid. And uh, Shire, Flash, and Fire head off to the island uh, and meet up with Chuck, who helps them get past uh, the war wheels and all the other defenses that Luthor has activated on the island. Um, and they reach the building where Luthor, uh, the Key, and Dr. Polaris have set up shop, and a fight ensues, and the heroes eventually win, but Luthor uh, reveals that he has Chuck hostage, and he activates that good old self-destruct feature that every <laughs> every island has to have, yep. and uh, he tells them not to follow or else Chuck gets a bullet to the temple. While they're walking away, Chuck manages to activate a defensive distraction, and uh, he gets away uh, while the villains flee. And uh, Chuck makes it back in time to disarm uh, the self-destruct feature, and one of the, the leaguers asks what it was that Luthor stole. And Chuck doesn't say anything, but he gets this really grim look on his face because he knows what it was. So uh, we go back to the Legion of Doom, and... Uh, Luthor tosses a spear to Grodd, who reveals that it is the Spear of Longinus, the spear that pierced Jesus Christ's body on the crucifix. He says that Hitler believed that whoever held it was invincible. So Luthor's like, uh, what are you going to do with it? Sell it to the highest bidder? Use it to try and conquer the world? And Grodd's like, no, I, I think it'd look pretty nice on the wall in my office. <laughs> Luthor is really pissed off, and he's like, you mean... You recruited me, sent me to an island full of death traps and up against the Justice League. You made me risk my life and all for nothing. And Grodd's just like, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Monkey, I like your style. <laughs> Another one of my favorite lines, yeah, I'll yeah. jail you. <laughs> and he's like, all right, just give me the Brainiac Rock and we'll call it even. But Grodd's like, mm, no, uh, that was just a test. Next time, it'll be for real. <laughs> Luthor is not pleased at all, but Brainiac uh, appears to Luthor again and says, look, just put up with him for now because he has something we need. Uh, Luthor tells Grodd, I should kill you. But Grodd's like, but you won't. So Luthor simply says, no, not today. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to uh, Black Hawk Island and uh, Fire's talking to Flash and uh, she's like, you know, Superman's going to be pretty ticked off that we let Luthor get away to save to some musty old museum. Uh, but Flash looks over at Shire and Chuck, um, standing next to a statue of all of the fallen Blackhawks, and, uh, they're, you know, they're bowing and, and saluting it, and Flash is like, no, you know what? It was worth it. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Um, you know, it's, it's an, it's not a great episode, really. It, it's not a bad one. And I'm not saying this because we just came off a four-part epic, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this because we're starting a new season of Justice League Unlimited. Um, and it just doesn't feel like anything special, you know. The first episode of a new season, I always feel, should be big. Not end of the season big, but still big. And yes, this is setting something up, the Legion of Doom. Um, yeah, you know, Grodd's back in the game. Luthor is getting back in the game. It's setting up the whole Luthor-Brainiac storyline. Uh, or, you know, him continuing to try to get the piece of Brainiac and make that piece come back to life. It is setting that up. But I don't know. It's I, I'm not whole-hum about it. I'm really not. I think this is definitely above-average episode. Again, I, I, I really just feel, like I've been saying, just a, a, a kind of weak way to start this new season. 
What about you? Mm, disagree. Okay, I, okay. I love this episode a whole lot. <laughs> um, I, I like that Grodd's back because I think he's one of the, the stronger characters from the first couple seasons of Justice League. Uh, I think Powers Booth did a fantastic job voicing him, so I'm, all, I'm glad to have him back. Uh, I like that they brought the Blackhawks back into the storyline one last yeah. time. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Um, just the, the interactions between Luthor and Grodd are fantastic, especially at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, I love that exchange where he's just like, Monkey, I like your style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great line. Yeah. Great fucking line. Uh, and really, I put this one pretty much on par with Initiation. I think it's it's a, a, an equal to that in terms of uh, season openers, uh, in terms of quality, because really, that one wasn't exactly epic either. I mean, you know, they, they take on this nuclear giant thing, and here they take on the Iron Giant. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it, it did look like Hogarth, didn't it? That was the thing's name, Hogarth, right? Well, Hogarth was the kid. Oh, I thought Hogarth was the robot. I'm sorry. But yeah, it does look like the robot nonetheless. Yeah. I hate that movie. Oh, um, my God. That's a great movie. To each his own. Um, and I love um, just the whole hot girl flash teasing shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I This is one I'm going to probably gush on a little bit. but Go for it. Yeah, no. And I, like I said, I don't want it to come across like I hated this one. I definitely didn't. You know, I love the fact that Grodd is using Gorilla City technology to cloak his base. You know, remember how they would cloak their mountain or whatever it was? Yeah. Or no, they cloak their city with... Gorilla making, City, yeah. Right, making it look like a mountain. Here, he's just making it blend in with the swamp. Um, that's really cool. If I recall, isn't his base ba- based on the base? How many times am I going to say base? That they used in the old Super Friends cartoon? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely identical. Right, so that's really cool. I love seeing the Blackhawks come back. I love the fact that they've still got the technology from the uh, the way World War II was altered, um, thanks to the time traveling um, of the... Uh, what what story was that? That was um, Savage Time? That's it, yeah. I really like seeing the museum in Blackhawk Island. It even looks like there's a costume for a previous incarnation of Hawk from Hawk and Dove mm-hmm. in there. It looks yellowish, but it's still got that weird red, kind of looks like a shredded cape coming off the back. Um, I, I, I like the fact that Shaira is associating with the Blackhawks because of the whole bird motif. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as hokey as they are, and I have to assume they're from the comics... I love their defense system. The the flying hammerhead sharks with guns. <laughs> the, 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 the bitey metal piranhas. You know, like I said, it's so stupid and silly that it has to be from the Silver Age. Yep. I really got to believe that the creators of this episode were like, you know what, if we're bringing in the Blackhawk Island, we're bringing in the crazy defenses too. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Right. I, I, I like how Flash has taught himself sort of, how to fly like a helicopter. <laughs> you know, all that stuff's good. Like I said, it's. I think if this episode were like the second or third episode of the season, I'd be a little higher on it. But again, starting out the season with it, that that's that's where, you know, it, it kind of loses me. But still, no, it, it's a good episode. It is. Um, though I do have another gripe about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
Fire's voice. Oh my god. She's almost as bad as Bucky. Well, you know that's Maria Canals, right? Hawkgirl? Yeah. Then she she voices both Fire and Hawkgirl. Well, she's doing a terrible Brazilian voice, I gotta tell you. It it sounds like she's doing like a parody of it. I think that's probably what she was trying to do. And I, I really, I'm not trying to like give excuses for it. I really think that was what they were going for was some kind of hokey kind of accent, just like Madame Rouge and Teen Titans. Hmm. Interesting. Cause you know, Maria Canals is Hispanic. I don't, I don't know where she's from. I just know she is uh, a yeah. Hispanic background. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know though. Yeah. But you bring up the Madame Rouge card. <laughs> and, I, and didn't I say I kind of liked the fact that her voice was over the top? Yes. Mm, you can go ahead and shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> the last note I'm going to read off, and I know you said you like this one. You can continue gushing, so please do. But the last note I want to bring up here is I find it very interesting that a certain comic creator, who I won't name, but is probably Brian Michael Bendis, completely ripped off. Grodd's plan for uh, a storyline over in um, the New Avengers. Over in the New Avengers, uh, there was a character called the Hood. Who, uh, James, you know who the Kingpin is, right? The Daredevil villain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Kingpin got taken down by Daredevil, which created this vacuum, this power vacuum in New York City. So a lot of these uh, thugs were trying to, to to grab as much of the Kingpin's territory and power as they could. Well, the Hood. He gets a hold of a lot of it, and what he does is exactly what Grodd does here, bringing all of the villains together under a protection scheme, does exactly what Grodd says. You know, if Wonder Woman comes at you, we go at her with ten guys. They do that in, like, one of the Hood's first displays of power. Um, I think Tigra had messed up Jigsaw or something. And what do they do? The whole bunch of the Hoods gang, they jump Tigra. They even videotape it. Some people assume that she was raped, but she wasn't raped. And they tell her, you come at us again, we're going to kill your ma. You know, this big protection scheme. Bendis clearly had to see this episode and stole it wholesale. Wholesale. And when Bendis was doing it over in New Avengers, like, oh, that's a really cool idea. But no, it was done years prior. Years prior in Justice League Unlimited. You're talking about uh, New Avengers cartoon? No, 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 a comic book. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, there's a New Avengers comic going on right now. I think it's around issue seven or eight or something like that. The volume that preceded that um, is is the era that I'm talking about. Ah. Yeah, I mean, I really thought Bendis was being original, and it turns out, no, he wasn't. Not at all. It really kind of ticked me off when I figured out that he had ripped this off. Either way, it's a good idea. But anyways, anyways you continue to gush, please. Um, I'm actually not going to, oh, but okay. uh, I, I will just say the uh, I need to note this because this is the title of the episode. But it uh, it is it is this is another uh, Judeo Christian reference uh, because it refers to the Bible where uh, there was a there was this man possessed by like a ton of demons and he proved that to be so strong that nobody could stop him and he called himself uh, Legion and it was like I am Legion for we are many. And then, of course, they reference the Spear of Longinus at the end of the episode. So, yeah, again, they're mixing more uh, different religious mythologies in there. So. Uh, so do you have nothing else to say about that one? 
No, but I I really dig this one. I, I actually I take that back. I, one more thing I have to really? say: the the very end of the episode is is really awesome, where uh, Shira is bowing at the statue and Chuck is saluting it. That that was a really cool way to end it. Yeah, and to send off and to send off the Blackhawks really because we never see them again. Right. Yeah, and I think it's a nice, um, in a way, a nice little parallel to uh, when Superman was standing at uh, Turpin's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're trying to draw a parallel there, but for anybody who knows all of the DCAU, like like you know, like we do, you can kind of go, okay, maybe they're trying to draw a connection, maybe not, but you know, it, it, it brings it up, it, it makes you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you want to score these? Sure. Okay. Question authority. Ten. <laughs> Indeed. Flashpoint. I'm giving that a nine. I don't know if I'm. I should get that a 10 or not, but for now, I'll stick with a 9. 10. Hmm. Panic in the Sky. 10. 10. <laughs> Divided We Fall. 10. <laughs> 11. Uh, <laughs> no, 10. And I Am Legion. 8. I'm going to give that one a 7. Looks like the question was right all along. I killed you, and then Armageddon. Right on schedule. No! Are you going to fight me, boy? Superman, everyone! Flash is still alive! I'm in telepathic contact with him. His spirit is weak and growing weaker. But he's still here. Ah, Flash! 
Shaira, it's so beautiful here. There's a force, a speed force. It's calling me home. I have to go now. No, Wally! Take my hand! I'm here too, Wally! We're all here! form of emails can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Our voicemail number is 731-WFP-WFP-0. 731-937-9370. And don't forget about our store, which can be found at earth2.net slash store. That's earth-2.net slash store. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss five more episodes of Justice League Unlimited. Those being Shadow of the Hawk, Chaos at the Earth's Core, To Another Shore, Flash and Substance, and Dead Reckoning. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast. (laughs) 